Navi, you probably never heard my name. Reports of my fame were greatly exaggerated. Really good. Uh, I'm joined by my fellow surgeons of cinema. Uh, Lin Manuel Miranda. <laughs> that was I was gonna do that one. Um, <laughs> I the Piragua guy. <laughs> uh, I am Ansel Elgort's PR manager. Oh, <laughs> good lord! And today we have a, a a guest operator with us in uh, on the show. Hi, I'm uh, Rita Moreno. I wish the rest of you had waited your turn before I was listening. Also known as Danielle. Yes, this is our friend Danielle Duje. Duje, right? Duje, yes. Duje, yeah. Joining us um, all the way from Chicago. Welcome. It's good to see you. It's, uh, it's great to be here. Yeah, we're very excited to uh, to chat with you today. As you all know, uh, here on this show, we review two movies each episode, one that's a bit more uh, popular, either by release date or general knowledge, and one that's a bit faded, foreign, or forgotten, and try to find a connecting thread so you feel more comfortable about broadening your cinematic horizons. Today's a very musical episode because we're talking about, the, <laughs> if you couldn't tell, the recent film adaptation of Lin-Manuel Miranda's In the Heights, and then Danielle has chosen West Side Story Same. from 1961 for us to talk about in the back half. But... Before the reviews, we have the news. So let us launch into what's uh, happening. Uh, Dan, let's start with you. Could you imagine if we like sang the news segment? Oh, we, <laughs> we like turned it into like a musical fucking. Uh, all right, look, there was a trailer for Halloween Kills, mm. and uh, Michael Myers like chainsaws a firefighter at one point, which nice. is pretty cool. Um, it's it, they've really they've doubled down on like this is like just just like dumb. Mm. So it's for one thing, the trailer is the entire movie. Every mm. every like murder in the movie and every like like plot beat, it's all there. Mm -hmm. It's in the tra it's it is it's like what Sony does with their Spider Man trailers, how they like give away the entire movie. Mm -hmm. That's what this is. You know what's weird about Halloween is they've entered a second era of self awareness because they had Halloween H two O, which was what? self aware. Well, well, it's it's not Halloween water. It's supposed to be Halloween, Halloween 20, twenty years later, but everybody calls it H two O. Okay, so so there's Halloween the original with Jamie Lee Curtis, and then okay. uh, they had that series that kind of faded off, and then they did a reboot that was in the style of Scream, where it's it's self aware. It's a self-aware Halloween mm -hmm. movie with okay. Jimmy Lee Curtis coming back. And she's like, I'm back to the franchise. And, and she kills him. Like, she cuts off his head. And then Damn. he comes back in the next movie. And, and then in, in the next movie, it's explained that he uh, switched himself abducted, out. He yes. abducted a um, paramedic and yeah. crushed his larynx and switcherooed their outfits so that she would kill the paramedic who couldn't talk and defend himself. And then yeah. – and then, and then, Another twenty years later, so this is Halloween. no, 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 no. But, well, right after that, he kills her, and then Buster Rhymes uh, yes. oh, does yes. kung fu Buster on who? Michael Myers. Buster Rhymes. Buster Rhymes. That, bar, that Buster part Rimes. I have seen. I have seen that part of that movie. <laughs> he goes then, trick or treat, motherfucker, and kicks him out a window. And then, okay, and then, and then, and then, uh, we there was have, a Rob Zombie redneck Rob Zombie reboot. Redneck reboot uh -huh. that I like and Dan hates. Uh, and then they Rob came. Zombie loves swastikas and Confederate flags. He loves no all comment. No comment. <laughs> um, and then, and then, and then, 
there's a new one, the Blumhouse series, which we'll just call the Blumhouse series because it's easier yeah. than saying the David Gordon Green <laughs> reboot. Uh, and, and the Blumhouse shit is all supposed to be a shared cinematic universe. That's what I've heard. Which means John Carpenter's Halloween is canon to the get out. Blumhouse. Yeah. To get out. It happens oh in the God. universe of Get Out. Anyway, anyway, so this new one that's coming out is the second full no the third full reboot but the yeah, second yeah. reboot with jamie lee curtis back as ah, yes as laurie strode and the, the weird thing about this is so the last one was a fun if that was just a self-aware like a self-aware one-off let's bring everybody back one more time and they just burn him alive which is what happens at the end of the movie they burn and him it's alive very decisive. they burn it's him very alive decisive <laughs> and, got him and the and, movie ends and and the opening shot of this trailer is a fire truck mm-hmm. racing to his house and she's like, please I'll don't this, go. Though. I'll say this. There was something really cool, which is it's it's the whole scene with the firefighters putting out the fire and uh, that one of them reaches down because his friend like fell through the floor, which was engulfed mm. in flame. And he, he's like, fuck, look, I'm burning and stuff. And his, and his <laughs> other guy's like, I'm going to save you. Like, take my hand. And it's doing like a shot reverse shot. And mm. it's someone takes his hand. It's not his buddy. Probably you know who it is? Myers. Leatherface. That's right. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's a cool twist. Um, that part was cool, though. Got him. Uh, well, Dan, let it, me ask it is, you. Uh, like, as just a generic I, trailer. I know that you've talked a lot on the show about how you you like you know schlock, especially with horror. Yeah, yeah. But with Halloween being your favorite horror movie, if I'm not mistaken. How do you feel about this franchising of it? Like, would you like to see an actual conclusion to it? It's always you... been it's always been franchised. I mean, I mean, yeah. after uh, starting with like Halloween four and like going through six, it's about like Jamie Lee Curtis's daughter, and then like and then Paul Rudd, who is the and then Paul Rudd, mm. then Paul Rudd is like Paul a main Rudd. character, and Paul then Rudd, yes. and then they decided that Jamie Lee Curtis was not too good for Halloween apparently because she's done four since they since she like made her exit uh, right so it's it's always gonna be i mean he's gonna be like in a wheelchair in another 20 years i'm <laughs> just gonna have that just, he's like stronger now you think you think she's gonna they're gonna kill her off in this one i don't know she's she's signed on for another one it's halloween it's halloween kills halloween's end which yeah. will be the end of this trilogy but but it's 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 always been like a messy like weird franchise that doesn't really need to exist. I mean, the original movie needs to exist because it's like amazing. But it, the the franchise element of it has been unnecessary like two, since like the eighties. Yeah. If there was never another, well, two movie, was amazing. I think. I think two. Is I think good. Halloween two is very, two is from nineteen eighty one. Really good. But you know, Carpenter hates that one, right? He like wrote that one in like a flurry of "I need money." I don't know. <laughs> it's like I need money, please. That uh, movie is great atmosphere though. I'll say this: the most recent Halloween movie does not have good atmosphere. It's too fast. The pacing is like way too fucking fast. Like it doesn't feel like it's like a somber like Halloween night where like these things are happening in the background, which is like how it's supposed to feel. Uh, and it it kind of misses the mark. I think it feels like it's splitting the difference between uh, the Rob Zombie yeah. and then trying to recuperate some kind of version of the, of the original. And it looks like the original, like the texture. Of I don't it think looks, so. I feel like it, it uses a lot of like long lenses, and the original true. is very wide. Like like mm. the streets are empty, and there's like that's, that blue hue on all the right, houses because he was like it's lit I want, by a dark like blue moonlight. because he, you know? he wanted the audience to search the frame. For, yeah, yeah, yeah. For, for, for Michael. For Michael, yeah, yeah. Mm. And That's is cool. it he is in like every shot, right? Or is he yeah, almost yeah. every he, shot? He's he's always like hidden in the frame and stuff. That's cool. Like um, a where's Waldo, yeah. which is really cool. So so, so I feel like the David Gordon Green stuff really misses the, Well, Zach, have you seen Halloween, the original? I have not. I haven't gotten around to it. 
We, we were not complimenting the new ones. We were complimenting the original. I, I, yes, I gathered that one. Um, <laughs> you know, well, sticking sticking in the in the silent killer uh, realm, uh, Zach, what's going on? Oh yeah, don't breathe too. Don't breathe too. They dropped the trailer for it, and now the old man that was horrifying and villainous from the first movie. The first movie is basically like, ah, oh, these guys are bad, but this guy is worse, and mm-hmm. they've they're trying to rob him, and they don't realize that he's secretly a blind Terminator. Yeah. Uh, and mm-hmm. so now in this new one, he's actually the hero of the story and he's protecting this little girl and there's this gang of guys that are after this little girl but they also know about him um and it is i think confirmed a sequel not a prequel so he has been this evil villainous man and now yeah, he, he has turned a woman corner. chained up in his basement he turned the corner <laughs> <laughs> the first one yeah so i saw it's it's go ahead no 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 you're are you going to talk about the the baser I, w- I was gonna mention please that, do yeah. please talk about the baser <laughs> i don't want to talk um, about it danielle have you seen don't breathe no oh so his whole this blind uh like war vet his whole thing is that like should he ever abduct a woman like he has it planned like if a woman ever comes in here breaking the law and it's in within my right to you know whatever like to defend my house or something like <laughs> if i ever have if I ever have a woman in my clutches, my plan is that I have a turkey baster full of my semen, and I will chain her up in my basement and impregnate her with Whoa! the baster, with the baster, and have a new daughter because my old daughter got hit by a car or something. Yeah, you're this lying is, to me. This is not the plot. That's, of this that's, movie. that's the that's plot. His motivation. That's yeah. his motivation. He, and he you... kidnaps Jane Levy and tries to impregnate her. With, Jane Levy with, with a turkey baster. Yeah, yeah. And, and Zach doesn't she like kick it and it like flies down his mouth or something? Yeah, she. <laughs> I can't. I yeah. literally can't yeah. physically. And he's like coughing out his own semen. <laughs> I can't physically talk about this. I'm like so serious. But yeah, they they have that I moment. A lot of fun. Oh my god! I actually, I actually just almost threw up like three times. Just <laughs> yeah, no, that does that, that does happen in that movie. Though. Yeah, that yeah, movie is, is is insane. Um, and it, it it's a it's a unique idea, but it then the turn it takes, you're like, what's going on? You could say it's unique, yeah. Well, which is fine for that movie. It's fine to be a yeah, uh, its own unique. self-contained thing, and now making a sequel to it, my, making a sequel where he's now you're rooting for him, right? Where it's like you know you went into the first he's movie, the good guy. he's the good guy, and you went into the first yeah, movie, yeah. you're like, oh, he's the victim. Of course, in the trailer they show you otherwise, but you you know <laughs> they're robbing him, and then all of a sudden he just like freaking shoots the first dude, and they're like, oh shit, we we, we fucked this, and so they're trying yeah. to escape from his house for the whole movie. Um, and now in the second one, he's basically like old man daredevil. He has that moment yeah. where he's lying in the stick in this pool of water. Mm. Stick, he's stick. He's lying in this old man daredevil. <laughs> he's lying in this pool <laughs> of water. In the first one. And um, and these guys like walk up, and the ripple from their footsteps, like the the water ripples towards his hand. And as soon as it touches his hand, he instinctively knows exactly where they are, and he jumps up and like and shoots how all many of them. them there are. There's like yeah. five of them, and he shoots <laughs> all of them. Uh, wow. So you know, I guess we're supposed to care about this man now um, after this first movie. And there's this little girl that we also have to care about that he's protecting. So it's he's Logan. like training her too, because yes. he wants a daughter. That's yes. right. He's, a good he's training yeah. her how to play 
murder hide and go seek, which is going to come in handy <laughs> the later. The concept of being stuck in a dark house with a with a killer blind guy is pretty good, though. It yeah. is because they they don't care that there's no lights. Obviously, obviously, so yeah. they can, you know, hunt you down. Like exactly, and that's part of what made that first movie so tense. But it's it's weird to try to capture it again as an action um, movie as aliens. Yeah, I feel like that could be. Uh, I, I would like to get drunk and watch that movie. Yeah. Uh, Wes, what's your your uh, your news for us? Candyman is back. Um, yeah. This is very exciting. Great trailer. Um, great trailer. Amazing. I, I was telling. I was telling uh, the guys before you got here, Dan. I I am very excited. I think it's it's. I think Candyman the original has a lot of potential, and I think mm-hmm. it doesn't always deliver on the potential. But the concept and the design of Tony Todd yeah. is so cool that I think it's becoming an immortal kind of movie. With a lot mm. of my favorite horror movies, I find myself really just loving the concept. I think I think Candyman the first one is too focused on that white girl to be. A substantial that's true but yeah. but um <laughs> but uh this one doesn't seem to be even though she's reappearing mm-hmm. that character's coming back oh um but the one concern i have is that i wish they kept the freddy krueger body hopping mm-hmm. thing a secret because that's a yeah. really cool idea mm. that i wish we would have discovered as the movie went on unless there's another twist which i'm sure there is but the idea is that that candy man is probably jumping from body to body and yaya abdumatine who's the baby in the original yeah Ah, is, really? Is be, yeah, yeah, he's the baby oh, in the original. Oh, I didn't know that. Wow. Uh, is, is being, um, uh, I guess, possessed slowly. He's like by targeted by right. Candyman. Because, he, because, because he summons him, right? He summons him, and, mm. or Candyman has always been with him because there's a, a shot where he's walking around a car and you think it's Tony Todd, but it's Yaya Abdul-Mateen yeah, yeah. that right. flies around his head. Uh, yeah. uh, and, I, and I'm guessing when we do see Tony Todd, it'll be some kind of like dream state thing where it's like mm. you, you can see him when he's in your mind finally mm-hmm. but what's really cool about this is that there's no tony todd ever in the he's not even like the final sting you know yeah. he's not yeah, like a exactly. reveal that's really cool or anything you hear his voice and for sure that's cool it still gets you hyped up even though half of the iconography behind Candyman is tony that's todd's presence yeah. yeah his voice and like his just his demeanor they sold stuff. the flash television show off of Candyman. like i know that sounds weird but you guys watched The Flash, the second season of The Flash with Zoom? Sure did not. Any that yes. is, that, that's Tony Todd. <laughs> Tony Todd is playing Zoom in that mo- in, the, in the second season. Oh. And he's a, he's just oh. Candyman. He's just being Candyman again. But we don't care because we're like, whatever, it's Tony Todd. Tony like, Todd like, should have been a bigger deal. He's like, they gave Flash. Him a bunch of low ball stuff. <laughs> he's like, yeah. don't make me destroy you, Flash. Actually, <laughs> my first experience with Tony Todd <laughs> was uh, Transformers Revenge of the Fallen. Stop really? right now. Stop. <laughs> Who is he in that? Is Fallen. he the Fallen? Oh, okay. He's the fall. <laughs> he's the giant alien Decepticon. Yeah, he's the um, one who gets revenge. He yes. No, he does. no, he gets obliterated <laughs> by Optimus Prime. Optimus Prime rips his so face in half. False marketing. When, Long when may Jer- he reign. When, uh, when Je- <laughs> Long may he reign. Uh, praise Optimus Prime. When Optimus, when uh, what's his? I think Jetfire rips rips his spark out of his chest yes. <laughs> and, and gives it to Optimus. Optimus. Yeah. He's like. Here, Lord, take all. <laughs> <laughs> and then Optimus Prime says, "Give me your face," and he rips oh his my, face. Yeah. That, which is cool, God. but it's like, is this a children's movie? Yeah, what's no. happening? Anyway, and then and then and then, <laughs> and then Megan Fox is like, finally, Shia LaBeouf admits she's he's in love with me, which is the B plot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Love that. Yeah. That he won't say yeah. I love That's me. what I watched it for, though. To be honest with you, that's what kept me going. <laughs> the relationship, yes, their relationship, he and his girlfriend. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, uh, uh, Tony Todd I, takes a lot of lowbrow stuff though. For they, sure. they give they give him dumb shit all the time, and it really sucks. He did Final Destination. 
That's uh, not Mike it's Brown. It's Asshole, and and he he's like just the scary like old man who like warns them about. So he's like the crazy Ralph character, right? Yeah, Friday the Thirteenth. You know like in, who who his career reminds me of is uh is Keith David. I feel like they're both kind of yeah. stuck in that in that area of like they have a lot of prestige and talent, but they don't get to like like Keith David is doing the Tales voice actor too. Um. <laughs> yeah. Well, Keith yeah, David yeah. also from the thing though. John Carpenter's the thing. Yeah, but, yeah, right, yeah, Keith yeah. David at least has Greenleaf. Or we're like, oh, this is a prestige actor tony todd doesn't have greenleaf like if tony todd did like a uh a show on like hbo which i'm sure he's capable of doing and will do eventually we'd be like wow tony todd he's so good where has he been but like he doesn't have the keith Mm. david prestige because he's on the same kind of playing field as like robert england where it's where it's like Mm -hmm. to genre fanatics they're an a-list right yeah because because like Candyman is so iconic like freddy krueger is so iconic and they spout one-liners and like they kind of sell the franchise it's a well Candyman can't really they sell their franchise. I, I think a lot of people, Candyman is just as important as Freddy Krueger. No, I, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. But he doesn't really spell like one-liners in the same. No, he way. doesn't. He's like, I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna kill you. I'm well. here to kill you. Yeah. <laughs> Freddy's like a rock star, you know. Yeah. Well, Danielle and I, uh, we pretty much had the same news item, but I'll let her introduce it um, as our guest. Um. Yeah. I. We are free at last. <laughs> country is done. Mm. HBO said that's over, that's canceled, and I just wanted to take a moment to rejoice about that because I, I just couldn't, I can't imagine what else would happen. Like, what, mm. what, were you, what were you going to do in season two? Like, what, uh, what other uh, political topic were you going to butcher <laughs> that you didn't come up with in season one? <laughs> so here, I, never, here's... I never watched the show. And don't. Yeah, you. I, Thank yeah, God. I mean, I'm so happy for you. Here's the thing with <laughs> HBO is that like they run into, and I really love a lot of HBO's content. Yeah. But I think they run into an issue sometimes where they'll adapt. they you know, they want to adapt a book like a novel, like what happened with Big Little Lies. So it's only one book, and so that's season one. But then people love it so much that they want to see more of it. So it's like, okay, now we have to figure something right. out. Lovecraft Country is apparently yeah, it's based off a book, uh, or yeah, it's. Yeah, but like, there's no sequel, or if the, if it was, they couldn't get it written in time, and so I did watch it. I watched the full thing, um, and <laughs> I did watch. Did all you of it. enjoy it? Uh, in moments, I thought okay. like I I I liked the. Um, Is it good schlock? No, okay. not even. It's too self serious to be schlock. Mm. Uh, it, it's definitely trying to like to be about stuff yeah. and a lot of different stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and it just kind of, you know, it misses the mark on some things, which is like, that happens. You can't, you know, uh, tackle every issue. Uh, but it's like when you try and you do, and you do all of them like kind of poorly, you know, it's, it's, then it's, it's a little embarrassing. Um, I like <laughs> Jonathan Majors in it. I like Journey Smollett and I like Courtney Vance. They're like the kind of the three that are holding it down. Mm. Uh, and then, and, uh, and then of the actress who's in Loki, Mooney, um, um, yes, Mooney. Oh, oh, yes, yes. Wunmi, Wunmi Mosaku. Um, yes, yes. Woman trickster. No, 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 no. no. The, Who the plays cop. the the oh, cop, okay. the, the black cop. woman cop? Um, yeah, she's also surprise, really good surprise. in it. But yeah, for me, surprise, Lovecraft surprise. was just like there was too much. Obviously, uh, uh, you know, art is supposed to provoke conversation, but there was like, when you're on Twitter, like every conversation is exhausting and Lovecraft mm-hmm. country yeah. was like, like Twitter was the worst place to be when Lovecraft was. Okay. But I, it was like a civil war. Yeah. <laughs> but also I feel like that's what HBO wants to do now. Like mm-hmm. with their, mm-hmm. with their Provo. TVs and yeah, because like what's working for them at least 
is social mm-hmm. media traffic in there. Right. And I think all shows are trying to do that because like they get their hashtag with their little emoji that's next to it that's yeah. specific mm-hmm. for their show. And like right. I think that like thinking about like Insecure and some of their other shows and mm-hmm. specifically like at least I'm I'm black so I'm on black Twitter. And so that the way that uh communal like discussion around tv shows is like it happens right then and there exactly i think that what uh hbo likes to tap into is the fact that there's like like you have to watch the night of or you will get things spoiled for Mm -hmm. you Mm -hmm. like they like Mm -hmm. that the fact that like they can easily create a social media trending topic right that it'll just go it'll be on twitter immediately and people will be discussing it and i think Mm -hmm. that's how they're like bringing in subscribers because then you're just completely out of the loop because there's sometimes where like pose comes on and like i'm my entire feed is just that and there's no room uh, i can't be on twitter for the entire day because i will get something spoiled or like i can't join the conversation and therefore it's not going to be enjoyable for me and so i feel like either hbo realized it was too controversial or they realized there's nothing left for us here because big little lies too was such a mess. Garbage. It was. And so like, <laughs> so like what were you thinking? Like, I don't want to watch the white ladies get hunted. I just wanted <laughs> to watch the white ladies fuck up. Like, that's what I wanted. That's what I enjoyed about it. And right. like, drink wine and cheat on their husbands. Like, I wasn't asking for all of that. <laughs> um, so I don't know, but I'll, I'm just really happy. Yeah. I'm pretty no, I, really I, happy. I, I agree with you, Danielle. I think, I think something that I think few channels have had to do in the last five years is streaming uh, is create a way to do compulsory viewing. You know what I mean? Because Netflix came in and, and messed everything up. Mm, you yep. can watch Stranger Things on the day or you can watch it in six years. It doesn't matter. There's nobody's tweeting about Stranger Things except for the trailers. Right, right. You know what I mean? Right. And then when it drops, everybody complains and then we stop thinking about it. Again. Right, but yeah. something that HBO, Disney, and FX have figured out is that you can still do weekly viewing mm-hmm. if you tap into the vein of exactly. black twitter specifically and i think they exactly. all realized it during yep. that last season of game of thrones when hbo Here realized you. that black people love game of thrones which is <laughs> weird but is the truth <laughs> you know what i mean so i think i think they realized that and disney realized that and fx realized that and they were all like let's make sure our content hits that artery mm-hmm. and i agree with you i think i think lovecraft country got such bad blowback of the second half of the season mm. Uh, and all, almost all of the blowback um, was negative. Like almost all of it was like, "What is this? <laughs> what are you doing?" Um, that they were like, "There's no more veins to tap." And also, she's doing the Black Canary TV show on HBO, so she's right, like, right. They already have a little piggyback on that thing you said about like shows coming out like on a weekly basis. That's just more like engaging and fun, isn't it? Yeah, as opposed to like a House so. of Cards or like a Stranger Things, where like it all drops at once. Yeah, like you said. Yeah, like I well, remember you have when a, you have Twin a water Peaks cooler moment. Came out. That's what I was about yeah, to yeah, say. Yeah, the yeah, stress yeah, yeah. of the water cooler, or like the stress of like I have to get to the kitchen and get grab my popcorn before the commercials are over. Mm. Like that is part yeah. of the viewing experience. It, it is. It is very communal. Like like yeah. back when The Sopranos was coming out, like there wasn't like social media. Like you mm-hmm. were just watching The Sopranos and then going into work and talking about it to your co-workers mm-hmm. same with like kind of breaking bad not yeah. really though because we still had twitter and all that it stuff, was just starting but, yeah you know like like stuff in the 90s like like the x-files and, and twin peaks and stuff like you had to share vhs's that you would recorded and stuff yeah. and like tv right. watching became very communal and netflix in a way erased that not to sound too much like a boomer because i love netflix <laughs> but um it, it is nice that we still have tv coming out that we can like yeah. have this 
communal relationship. Yeah. yeah, I think like you said, Wes, they realize they can split the difference. And like Netflix's model is working for Netflix. I don't see them abandoning it. But yeah. and because the, the binge model is like, listen, when Daredevil season one came out, I watched that whole season with my dad yeah, me too. that me day. Too. We wow. sat down yeah. and watched wow. almost the entire Same season. season. Two. Same with Jessica Jones. I remember, I remember counting Jessica down the days until Daredevil season two came out. Yeah, that was like the most loaded season ever. It had the Punisher. Yeah, Electra. Electra. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember. I remember Jessica Jones was probably their peak because I remember Daredevil mm. came out and then people were like, Daredevil's great, and so then Jessica, Jessica Jones, Jones came out and yeah. people were like. Oh, David Tennant is in this, and yeah, I remember yeah, people yes. would binge the first four episodes because they put him at the end of yeah. like the fourth yeah, episode. Yeah, yeah. So he shows up, and you're like, "Oh my god, that's that's the Doctor." Now and I got to keep watching. Yeah. yeah, but I think like like the one of the one of the the pitfalls of the binge strategy is that you don't really ever know where if you want to talk about it, you you always have to broach that like, "Oh, have you watched this right. episode yet?" Yeah. You, you don't know where the other person yeah. is. Right. With with the weekly, you know that they can only have seen as many episodes as right. you have mm-hmm. if they're watching it. So it's like, have you seen the latest episode as opposed to have you finished episode the entire four. series because mm-hmm. I'm going to talk about it. Um, as opposed to, yeah. Yeah, but I think I mean you know, Lovecraft. I, I think in general, what I want to take away from Lovecraft Country and even Watchmen, which I also think is discontinued. Not yet, nothing. It, but that, like, yeah, it's it's okay for things to be miniseries, you know? Yes. And like, yeah. like there's miniseries. Exactly. <laughs> there's that gap between okay, there was like we're watching a movie. There was more story here. We want to tease it out. There's a healthy gap between that and a 16 season television show. You know what yeah. I mean? So you can have that that like you know, that tight eight episode arc, you know, exactly. and end on a question mark or or even end on a period. I feel like either way, like one of the big things with Game of Thrones is that they went for five seasons and then they had what I understand to be a lackluster and messy finale mm-hmm. and no one was satisfied with it. So it's like, I would almost rather, even with a show I don't care for very much, like Lovecraft, I would rather it have ended and, and made the point that it wanted to for that season then try to right. figure something out and stumble mm-hmm. into a second and third. Right. Well, at the um, risk of yeah. at the risk of extending this conversation too far, but no. uh, I'm interested in what your guys' thoughts on this is. I wonder if HBO's limited series model, which has kind of become their model, like they have the Euphorias and all that, mm-hmm. which are multiple seasons. Yeah, yeah. But even Euphoria season one is kind of a movie. It's like that's mm-hmm. one yeah. movie. And I wonder if HBO so. isn't splitting the difference between. Uh, just essentially making an episodic movie because I feel like they they pick a, a, a central director. Yeah, they have, they have essentially the showrunner position, and then they have a showrunner director mm-hmm. uh, who directs the pilot, the finale, and some of the major episodes. Uh, and I wonder if HBO isn't just making movies that are episodic. Well, you know what I mean? Like that's I, what I, they I, did with. Um, uh, I know this much is true, which Mark Ruffalo just won oh. an, uh, mm. an Emmy for. Well, what separates HBO from all the other streamers is that they made movies first. Like, they're a movie mm-hmm. place. Everyone else is a tech company. So yeah. they're, they're interested in film. They're interested in filmmakers mm-hmm. and auteurs and their point of views. So, like, the yeah. art on the front end, that's why we get the type of television and film from them. That's a good point, actually. At that yeah. level. It's not just because their brand is prestige and because they've carefully curated that brand, but because that company began as a place for movies, home box mm. office. And boxing. And Skinamax. 
<laughs> and that. Yeah. But um I I was was did HBO used to play like porn late at oh, night or am did, I Yeah, oh yeah. Cuz <laughs> I remember like flipping through the channels like as a kid and they had um Oz, they had that prison show Oz and but, Oz was just full of prison sex. Yeah, that's oh. not that's not porn. <laughs> there, there was actual <laughs> porn on HBO. I'm, sh- I'm sure but every time I put on Oz it was like like hardcore like yeah. Yeah, well, that's just I mean, that's also part of their brand is that they can do things that that no uh, other, that other yeah can service do. can do or channel can do yeah but i think that was a great warm-up y'all um we'll take our first <laughs> break and we'll come back to talk about in the heights so stay tuned <laughs> nice oh boy. nice one Hello, everyone. Welcome back. Thanks for sticking with Lin-Manuel Miranda, you're going to pay for your crimes. Can <laughs> <laughs> someone explain to me why we hate him so much? Is he just annoying? He is uh, annoying, he and, is you annoying will, and, and you will pay that. for your crimes. Hell is a hot place. <laughs> <laughs> I think we all turned on Lin-Manuel Miranda when he did that carpool karaoke with James Corden, and we realized that he was just like a white suburban mom. <laughs> <laughs> Toyota Camry, you know. <laughs> That was the turn of it, yeah, for sure. Um, so I always we're... felt like Hamilton just seemed like something a, a crusty, like middle school teacher would write. <laughs> Excuse like me. Like a white middle school teacher would write to Uh-oh. try and like reach his students, but they all think that he's cringe. You know? <laughs> like I used to have teachers just like casually put it on. It's like, why? Yeah, it sucks. Oh my god, I'm crying. <laughs> it's so bad. Keep it's going. so annoying to Keep listen going. to. <laughs> oh my god! I know Danielle's loving this. <laughs> I, am... I never liked Hamilton. That's oh that's fair. Let's, no, let's talk about it. Um, so we we're talking in the Heights, like we said up top. Uh, this is a film that uh, has been a long time coming. The original stage performance was in July on July twenty third, two thousand five. So this is some fifteen years later, basically. <laughs> that this film got released um and uh there is a lot to unpack obviously if you're listening to this podcast you're probably not a stranger to the um the controversy that the film received and that lin-manuel has kind of garnered in general with his career uh but we're we will we probably will talk a little bit about hamilton but definitely going to focus mostly on this movie and and uh how in my opinion at least it fails uh on, on, a, on a lot levels. of levels yeah. uh but let's let's go with uh danielle since you're our guest what were you we open up with first impressions non-spoilery so what were your just brief sort of like when you watched the movie and you finished it how did you feel it's mid i don't i've never watched a more underwhelming musical and i really mean mm. that sincerely um i until they got to carnival del barrio like mm-hmm. i Quite literally, could not distinguish a single song. Mm. I found Carnival is, is is the best song. It is the best show. song, and I I literally could not pick out one tune that I was like, oh, a bop. Absolutely. When they started rapping, I wanted to simply yeah. pass away. Like I just, <laughs> I just am not sure what the like what I was supposed to feel as I was moving through it, besides yeah. like mild irritation. Um, <laughs> I remember Danny texting us a little bit from the theater and being like, are they going to talk like this for the whole, like, do they ever speak normally? It's, it's so, I, I don't know. The, <laughs> Lin-Manuel's way of, like, writing, like, raps is just kind of, like, 
it's just crusty. Like it's it's n- not <laughs> there's word. no and the whole thing is G rated. Like there's no edge to it at yeah. all. Everyone is like a Disney Channel up and comer and like I don't know. Wow. It's 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 so like like polished and clean and like everyone's just like got these huge smiles plastered the whole time and like yeah. I, I wasn't a, I definitely got Disney Channel it. vibes. Can, sure. can I tell you guys that we have watched three or four movies on from the HBO Max service and have dogpiled all three of them and <laughs> oh, yeah. none of you none of you are going to get jobs at HBO. I, I saw this in theaters i saw this in theaters because like oh like it's a musical it's gonna be like crazy and like you want like the surround sound and shit and like it, ju- it just felt like i was watching disney channel i also saw it in theaters yeah yeah what a mistake and my, my theater was split by the way one lady by the end of it was like crying behind me and crying two, over what? two guys in the way front were were booing, booing Lin-Manuel. <laughs> Lin-Manuel the whole time when he showed up on screen uh, daniel what were you gonna say uh i feel like disney channel is right just because it gave like the like this like the set the colors it gave disney channel like Disney Plus specifically, like those remakes that they do, it had the same tone, the same colors, the same like mm-hmm. set vibe. I don't know what I don't know what else to call this like yeah. thing that Hollywood's doing, but it's so like ugly. I don't know it's how else to clean. say like it's too it's, clean, it's, it's too, too boring. Yeah. It's like extreme it's actually like extremely boring and extremely yeah. underwhelming to me. Like the like the only scene that really <clears throat> had any sort of actual dimension in terms of like set and lighting was when Abuela is like deciding whether yeah. she's yeah. going to mm. the whole budget yeah, went yeah. into that the whole budget the went whole that like and it was gorgeous because it looked are like we, are a we set. talking about when they're dancing on the side of the, the, the transit building? museum the tra- I was gonna I was gonna say no not the building no, 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 no. not Benny and oh, Nina no, no. okay okay no, they were I, talking about Grandma singing in the subway. oh yeah yeah I was I was gonna say that also kind of kind of got me worked up but I think it was just because of her performance and stuff not because of. Like she, she is very convincing, and she's very. I like when she goes she to. She originated the, the part. Light. She was yeah. the. Yeah. She was the Abuela. I didn't know that she actually. I, I like when she goes to grab the beam of light, and like it turns into the subway yes. pole, and, yeah. and the whole like. Set, that was crazy. Like, that that yeah. was amazing. Yeah, that all, that part's all great. At, all at the Transit Museum in Brooklyn. Very, if you're from New York, is that true? Yeah, if you're, mm. yeah, yeah. It wasn't a set. I didn't my, know my, that. No, my my my. Uh, I, I I don't have confirmation of this. I could be talking out of my ass. But my <laughs> my sister and okay. I uh, are from Brooklyn, um, and. <laughs> And uh, we've been to that transit museum a million times because our mom no, is a teacher. No, it is. It is. Fil- it it like is. It. It, it was filmed there. I looked it up. But the mm. but the tunnel is actually the 181st Street okay. state one train station. Uh, you know how tough that is to film half a musical number at one place and then half film another part of it. Yeah. Like 16, literally 16 miles away. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's wild. Yeah. I, I really did love that, and also them dancing on the side of the skyscraper and, and like the drops of the ac like like flying upwards like mm-hmm. past them mm-hmm. that's it was like a rotating set i thought on like a green yeah screen. I, I would that, that was really i think cool. it's a rotating green screen that was Rota- rotating green screen or rotating set rotating set yeah no. Go ahead. i was gonna ask zach i mean we uh did you get to see in the heights at LaGuardia when they put it up i sure did Wait, you guys okay. went to LaGuardia? I, I went hey. to LaGuardia. Did, have you LaGuardia heard of the, the LaGuardia school? <laughs> but uh, yeah, how did you feel about the, the movie? I really liked when they did it at our school. but I did. I, I loved it. About that. I yeah. loved it. That was what got me into the show. Exactly. Yeah, I had never seen anything really like that. And I think LaGuardia did a great job with it. Um, so I was a huge fan. I kind of realized, though, I actually am not a fan of a lot of the songs of In the Heights. Mm. I'm kind of every time, yeah. and they even cut a few of the songs that I really don't like. Um, mm. And I would just, I would just kind of, you know, I could easily skip a lot of those songs. So that's one thing that I forgot about until um, 
I saw the movie. I, I have a whole list here that I can just hit really quick. That's what I'm going to oh, do. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Here's what I'm going to say. You really like so Benny's, uh, what's it called? Benny's Dispatch. Benny's, I, I, I don't. Yeah. I, I auditioned for I auditioned for Betty's part with that song. It was a mistake. Oh. But anyway. Zach, I, I was criticizing that song, and you, you were laying into me for it. <laughs> uh, yes, it was an easy How one. How the to... tables have turned. No, 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 no. Yeah, I think Benny's Dispatch is fine. It just has a special place in my heart. But anyway, they ruined um, the dynamic between Nina and Benny, which I can't really forgive. Like, there, the, any tension between those characters was annihilated. Uh, mm-hmm. Blackout is supposed to culminate in this really epic moment with mm-hmm. the two of them that is probably my favorite part of the show and they cut it so that they could give usnavi and vanessa a little extra thing um mm-hmm. which was sure fine um even though they get champagne at the end whatever yeah and uh i didn't like the lens i thought they could have just like again it was it's that kind of thing we talked about with the disney thing you know what i mean everything ends happily ever after whereas in the original show it feels a lot more like ambiguous there is a little mm-hmm. bit of like it's a question mm-hmm. of what tomorrow looks like Mm-hmm. Um, and in this one, there's no question. Everything ends up totally fine. Um, there's a couple questions that we'll get into. Mm-hmm. There's no question about Usnavi's life, but there are some right. characters that drop off the face of the earth by That's, the end of the movie. Yes, what it happened to be Absolutely. the two black people in the film that we don't know what happens to their fate once they finish dancing on the building? Yeah. The only two in the whole film? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. 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 Well, Wes, I mean, you, you've, you've, you've interjected a little bit of your thoughts here and there, but do you, is there... Before we get into uh, spoilers, is I there anything else? I uh, I have not seen the Broadway show. I listened to the album a lot in high school because it had just closed its Broadway run when I was entering high school, so it was still mm-hmm. really big. It was like the intermediate period between that and Hamilton. Um, uh, okay, uh, I think there's some good stuff here. I think Corey Hawkins is great. Mm-hmm. I think he's like the best actor in the movie. Like he's very well cast. I think he's given a pretty good performance. He can sing well if that is in fact his voice. I hope it is. Uh, <laughs> as far as I've been able to, uh, I thought his scene on the side of the building is really well shot. Yeah, there, there there are points in the movie where I'm looking at John Chu and I'm like, wow, you're you're really doing a good job translating what could have just been a stage show into a movie. And then there's other mm-hmm. times where he's doing literal filmmaking, like yeah. scenes without yeah. music, mm-hmm. and the filmmaking falls through. Like it, it feels like it. My friend Patrick, kind of shot for coverage. My, my friend Patrick Nichols, who Danielle knows, and hopefully we'll have on the show in the next couple of months at some point. But he he made a great point. He was like, you know, the musical numbers are great visually, but the minute it becomes human drama, the film becomes a television show. Mm-hmm. Like it's mm-hmm. shot like a television show. It's a lot of shot reverse shot. There's very little, and I don't want to be like mean, but it, there's very little, <laughs> there's, there's, but there's very little there's very little being communicated from the camera work. And it's because there's no, there's, and it's like what you, Dan and Dan, Dan and Danny said, which is like, um, the film has, has no edge. Like there's no edges to it. And, and, and that's like a visual thing. Like if they had shot it on film, maybe it would have had some edges, but also Mm. there's no textures to the world. Like it doesn't Mm -hmm. feel like it's made by someone who's been in New York for any extended amount of time. It felt like, like sets. It it feels like Broadway sets. It feels like, uh, first also the fact that Washington Heights doesn't feel like Washington Heights. Okay. Like Washington Heights Washington Heights is not a and we're gonna get into this. Oh, we will get into this. But Washington Heights is not an equally uh divided uh Latinx neighborhood. That's not how it works. It's not like predominantly Dominican. It's predominantly Dominican. Mm-hmm. And the and the scene where they're all holding up their flags, I was like, this is not this is not how this neighborhood functions. Like I don't know why yeah. would you create a fever dream <laughs> of what this 
of what this this is not how this neighborhood functions and it gives the movie it seems super disconnected and it, but it the, the, the issue like... is that it, the issue with it is that it it makes the movie inspecific and that's the yeah. issue with the entire movie is that it's an inspecific yeah, yeah, yeah. movie yeah uh and it doesn't feel like anything because it's mm-hmm. inspecific yeah I not wanna, to tear into it i, I, I know i'm I, listen it, it is what it is I'm, I'm glad that you brought that up Wes, because that was one of the things i wanted to talk about before we launch into full spoilers is just like growing up in the part of harlem that i do hamilton heights which is just a few blocks away from the beginning of washington heights um you know and like interacting with this neighborhood for most for 23 years of my life it was astonishing to me how lin-manuel miranda given the opportunity 15 years later to have to make some significant changes to the aesthetic of the film to Mm. the production of it just didn't i was like okay i understand i mean because first of all the i was i was like honestly if you wanted this movie if you wanted to keep this movie the way it is in terms of like Mm-hmm. the the sort of unification of of, of latinx people you could have said in east harlem because there's really a bit more of a spread mm-hmm. there between puerto rican people mexican people and dominican people but then you would have to change i mean it's not in the heights anymore but yeah. point just being that like what I, what really has what really irks me about this is the um is just that like generic mindset and it's the same thing that crops up in west side story but that generic viewpoint of latin identity yeah as just like one thing right and mm-hmm. so you know as beautiful as carnaval del barrio is and that refrain of you know raise your flag and uh you know as high as you want and like you know this flag contains my soul and when i die mm-hmm. bury me in the earth like i love that that's actually a very beautiful refrain but it is it's like the movie is saying that, but then like you've cast these actors who aren't actually from the same na- nation yeah. as the characters they're playing. Lin-Manuel Miranda is not a Dominican man. He's Puerto Rican. And I understand that when the play went up, he probably had to, you know, save some, some pennies and play the role himself. And, and he grew up in Washington Heights, so it was dear to him. But at the same time, it's like you could have either written the character of Usnavi to be Puerto Rican living in Washington Heights. That's not an impossibility. Or you could have just, you know, now that you are rich Lin-Manuel Miranda and your name is on the marquee, cast someone who's Dominican, not Anthony Ramos, also a Puerto Rican man. Who is good. Who is good good in the the film. Who's Who's really good good in the movie. movie. He's very good. But, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, you have that happening. You have uh, uh, Vanessa, who uh, the actress uh, for whom is is Mexican. She's a Mexican actress playing, I guess – maybe supposed to be a puerto rican they don't they don't ever really specify where also, i don't think they isn't do she also that. supposed to be dominican she maybe is she maybe is but then it's like you have that going on and then with abuela claudia who also has one of the strongest songs in the show with paciencia y fe she i olga Moretis, the actress is very great i love the way she sings that song should have been an afro-cuban woman absolutely yeah. should have been especially since she's not related to anyone in the neighborhood you could have like definitely had her represent sort of a different era and she's adopted by this neighborhood and everyone on the train with her in that number is black black. (laughs) and she's saying a crowded city of faces just like mine and she looks like nobody on that train okay so it's 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 honestly it made me think about black narcissists and i know it's it's a very different movie but in terms of using uh ethnically accurate people as a backdrop a background but yeah they're not good enough for the principal set dressing roles. yeah exactly mm. it really it really peeves me so i i was disappointed with this movie i love the the 
what it's supposed to represent mm. be, and and I, and I have a connection to it because of like where I live mm -hmm. but I just feel like it, it that they made some of the same mistakes and made even worse mistakes 15 years later is like ridiculous so um I, I just feel like yeah you should come to the conclusion and y'all cut this out if it's too much for your podcast but <laughs> Lin-Manuel Miranda does not like black people like mm -hmm. he's consistently how is your work consistently erasing us from our context hmm. that's weird What's yeah. the obsession? First and, we're slave you, owners. Now we don't exist in a neighborhood. Well, exactly. That, the, the, is about like such a racist, like like fucked up time, and, and he decided to erase like all the racial connotations from it by like casting those slave owners as black people, like as almost exclusively black. People. Almost yeah. like, exclusively. Now, and here's the thing. Here's the thing about Hamilton, right? Because it was interesting. You know, obviously, Danny kind of launched an attack on it, uh, but <laughs> but I think but I think honestly, what what the two Dannys are saying. It's like, yeah, like you're you're spot on, Danielle. As far as Hamilton, to me, doesn't necessarily count as representation because it's like it's revisionist history in the weirdest possible way. It's not mm -hmm. even like, what if America was founded by actual black people it's not or, even or people that. of color? It's like, no, these are we're just casting people of color mm -hmm. as these white men, right. exactly. and then I guess trying to like make it more accessible that way. And like again, Hamilton, it, it took me a while to Who listen gets to, to it. Watch it? Yeah. Like, I think that Hamilton is the most effective piece of American propaganda to exist in the last, like, how many years? It is the You're most effective. Right. Like, You're probably right. Yeah. Like, this man is a Fed. What more, <laughs> what more brilliant way during the time period in which people are actually questioning our founding mm. fathers, questioning these old documents? And, like, people have always have done so, right? But this is mm -hmm. a moment in which there's like collective forums in which people can talk about it all the time. Yeah. There's a democratization yeah. of, you know, these, these like people have created counter publics in which they're discussing it more and it's becoming more mainstream, right? What, mm -hmm. what, what better way to get people to uh, not understand colonization of settler colonialism, mm -hmm. to not understand the, the history of slavery than to have the people who are doing so be black. It's yeah. true. It's, it's, it's an ingenious idea. It's an ingenious It's brilliant. Idea. And, and, and the darkest thing about, and look, I, I think we can all agree, Hamilton, I, maybe Dan doesn't agree, but I, I think Hamilton is a step up musically from In the Heights. I think probably. Yeah. I think, oh, absolutely. I, think in the Heights, I, have, I in haven't the Heights, listened to it. I probably won't in a while. In the Heights actually feels like when you have a great album uh, and you have cuts off the album and they release the cuts, Mm -hmm. It's actually, it's like, you know, when Kendrick did Pimp a Butterfly and then he released Untitled Unmastered? Yeah. Mm -hmm. it, in the Heights feels like Untitled Unmastered. Mm -hmm. Not as good be, because one of the two people that we just mentioned is a genius and the other is a huckster. But, uh, <laughs> but, uh, but like, it, it is. That's harsh. We should cut that. But um, it does. It feels like the cuts off of uh, the Hamilton soundtrack. But, yeah, that's fair. But the, the in. The, the, the most sinister thing about Hamilton is that the whole time in the Heights on the press junket, which no one has prepped the actors for, no one, none of the actors oh. knew what to say. Mm. Uh, and By this the is way, Wes, I'm sorry, I'm because you're making you're about to make a really good point, but I just have to say the reason I came into this movie side eyeing not only Vanessa but the actress that plays her is oh, because yeah. of that dumb she, <laughs> what the she dumb said interviews. on the press, <laughs> which is basically now there were black people in the callbacks, they just yeah. didn't get the part. Yeah, dude. And, and and but but just this shut is, up. just don't talk. This is I didn't see that. But this <laughs> is integral to the movie. And I know people have been trying to be like, just watch the movie. I can't just watch the movie. 
because it is integral to the movie. Exactly. How, because the, the defense of the movie mm-hmm. um, about why there's no black uh, people in the movie, no Afro-Cubans aside from Benny, who is uh, Jamaican. He's Jamaican in the movie. He has a yeah, Jamaican flag in yeah, one yeah, shot. Yeah. It, doesn't, it doesn't hold any bearing on his character, whatever. Anyway, the, reason, the defense has been that, uh, that we are just trying to essentially uh, portray a melting pot of mm-hmm. Latinx culture in this movie. Mm. Um, and that includes more things than just Afro-Latinos. That's what the argument burns down to, mm-hmm. essentially. But how did you manage to find that many black people for Hamilton? Like, Hamilton has yeah. got three major black stars, Tonys, on the same night. Mm-hmm. How did you find that many black actors for Hamilton, but they just disappeared? What it was time to do, <laughs> they just vanished. Because <laughs> melting pot doesn't mean, like, the fantasy is that black people don't exist anymore. Like, that's what the yeah, melting pot true. is. Like, if we're going to be very frank, like, La Raza Well, that's what Cosmico, West Side Story is about. Like, yeah. La Raza Cosmica, like, this concept of, or mestizaje of, like, like, we're all, like, you know that scene where she's like, our ancestors survived slave ships. And I was looking around, like, not all of y'all. Our ancestors, <laughs> like, she's like, our ancestors survived genocide. I was, like, looking around, like, not all of y'all. Mm-hmm. And like this know, whole idea that we're the perfect race because we're just completely mixed with everything. Yeah. Like hashtag mixed. She's biracial. <laughs> like that whole like <laughs> moment that they're giving, it doesn't include black people. They don't want black people to be included in that moment. That's and true. It's it's and a I, desire for whiteness. Yeah, yeah. The 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 here's the thing. Um, we are now reviewing Hamilton and In the Heights. <laughs> They're the same just, thing. They're the same say, musical. Regarding, regarding Hamilton. They are the same musical. Um, re- regarding Hamilton, I think like uh, it is it is at least kind of a musical achievement in terms of it being like <laughs> like like Wes said, it's 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 like what I thought was cool about it when I did finally listen to it is that you can listen to that whole story regardless of what the story is, but you can listen to the whole story on Spotify. You don't actually have to pay yeah. to see the show, which mm-hmm. I think is part of why it was so popular because it's essentially an opera and rap um, and, you know, with some songs that sprinkled in between there. So that was cool. I think the reason that I still tend to like In the Heights more is because of, is because it, it's at least, it has the potential to feel like more of a real story. Mm. And, uh, but, but again, like even with the, I guess just to circle back more directly to in the Heights, when we're talking about the specificity of the neighborhood that seems to be lacking, right. Um, the, the way that the music is arranged is pretty exclusionary towards like Dominican bachata, for example, like there's almost no, which is like the, like, I mean, they have a lot of salsa, which is Puerto Rican. They have some cumbia, uh, which I think is Cuban. You know what I mean? And they have like tango and they have a bunch of other stuff that is, again, creating this like homogenous Latin sound. Mm, right. mm-hmm. But it's not it's and, you know, I think, Wes, like, honestly, I just when you mentioned this, it made me think about what you said, maybe in our in our first or second episode about like art isn't supposed to be general. It is specific. And because it's so specific, we're like it opens us up to things because, you know, it's like, oh, wow. Like, I didn't know that this was an experience that was happening. And I, I just feel like. Yeah, there. I mean, you can see that there were changes made, like small lyrical stuff, like changing Donald Trump to Tiger Woods in that one line in '96,000, oh mm-hmm. or um, or or obviously the, the blackout edition. Um, but it's just like, okay, I know, yeah, you weren't going to rewrite the entire musical. I get that, but since so much of this play is supposed to be about 
being seen, right? Asserting your dignity in small ways, mm. like umbrella. Oh my god! Like, oh my god. great line, but I'm not, I'm not seeing, I'm not seeing it. You know what and I mean? And you know what's wild about that, Justin? There's a scene, that, and this is why, and I promise we'll probably talk about structure eventually in this podcast. But this is why the casting matters because there's scenes that are written where you're like, that could have only happened if you were Afro Latina. Yeah. Because yeah. They, they, there's a scene specifically where Nina is saying, I was searched when I went Dude. to my college. Yeah. Yeah. And everyone around the, the table is giving looks as if they understand the experience. Like, mm-hmm. that has happened to me. And it's great acting from Ramos, who they keep the camera on for almost the entire <laughs> scene. Because he's, he's like, he's like his face is, he's like really sympathetic. And I'm like, mm-hmm. wow, what great silent acting. And then I'm like, there's no way these people have been searched. <laughs> like, this is not happening to some of the people at this table. Because right. some of these people are passing. But the movie doesn't want to talk about that. Right. Because then it opens up other questions that mm-hmm. they don't have the range for. Similarly, uh, similarly, Zach, you mentioned how the tension between Benny and Nina is kind of erased. It's gone. Yeah. And 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 while and while like in the play, I haven't seen the you know the original full play in a long time. I only remember some of the songs, but like what I do remember is there being because regardless of how Benny is cast, he's always non-Latin. Right. So like I do remember there there being some sort of like subtext about that, about yeah. it being an interracial relationship. And this movie is like, nah, which means that if his blackness isn't an issue, then why aren't there more black? You know what I mean? Like if it's, if you weren't going to use his visual difference as a, as a, as a way to like introduce a conflict in the characters, Mm -hmm. then you could have just cast more Afro Latin people because it's not about like, Oh, he looks different or, you know what I mean? And, and so like, that was another thing that was weird. They're just kind of like a couple that pretty much gets along and, and their romance, which is kind of, way more interesting than what's going on between Usnavi and Vanessa in general does get like, you know, sidelined completely railroaded because yeah, that's the whole thing is when in, during the club scene, Benny is getting trashed because he's fired and he knows that Nina's dad doesn't think he's good enough for the family. That's a huge conflict. That's actually really interesting. And then they end up getting into an argument. Benny straight up punches a man that is trying to dance with Nina. And then the blackout happens and that's, you know what I mean? And, like, not only is that, like, just, like, great stakes for uh, mm-hmm. a scene in general, but you also mm-hmm. erase, like, one of the most important, like, aspects of that relationship and that dynamic for no mm-hmm. reason. Like, they just, just so no... that it was, yeah, go for it, go for it. No, 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 Zach, please finish. Oh, no, no, I was just going to say just so that you can have an additional scene between Vanessa and Usnavi because they want to give Anthony Ramos uh, a Twitter trending line. Yeah, <laughs> but 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 but, but it, it, it it it's the don't make me laugh. I've been trying all night. I've been shaking my ass for like half of the house. <laughs> I've been shaking my, okay. my ass. It's your ass. But my in the ass. original show, he was more possessive of her. Is that right, Zach? Well, Be- oh Benny, well, who was more possessive of who? I'm sorry. Yeah, Benny is. I don't know if it's possessive so much as he's just resentful of uh, her mm. father and just like the knowledge that he because because there was no depth there. Uh, I didn't get any interpretation of that. Sure uh, yeah, they, they they erased it for it the very other watered down. What they what they do have maybe we can we can we can say a few positive things about the movie. <laughs> I, I actually I forgot that I wanted to open there because I knew we'd probably have mostly negative things to say about it. But I will say this. I enjoy a number of performances. I'm really happy to see Jimmy Smith always. And I oh, think that great. he's cool in this movie because he's playing a person that 
I think a lot of us are familiar with, who's mm. the dad who's just trying to make it work, yeah. just trying to make ends meet. What's weird is that they do erase Nina's mother. She is also a character in the She's play. in the musical, She's isn't in it? Yeah. She's, She's in straight it. Straight up, she has a song, uh, but I guess they like... Dead black the, mom. Yeah, <laughs> one of the... <laughs> One of the many tropes, uh, or sorry, not tropes. One of the many cuts that they make is removing her mother, and I guess kind of annexing her into Abuela yep. Claudia, and kind of making her just the general matriarch of the block, of everybody. Which is like that's kind of you know, I mean, you could have still had the mom, but um, yeah, Jimmy Smith's in in this role. What's what's interesting is that like the conflict between him and Benny isn't. I don't think you're good enough. It's like. Benny having a business disagreement. Yeah, with, he just with... doesn't want to shut down the the, <laughs> yeah. the cab company. And he comes into first of all, listen, I, maybe this is just me. I don't know any black person, any black man specifically, who's been raised to come into another grown man's house and call him by his first Ooh, name. Fam. Yeah, <laughs> like, <laughs> at a dinner party. He, what is he, What is his name? Kevin. Which He's like weird. Kevin. Listen to her. <laughs> I was like really yeah. like that took me I out was of the so, movie for a second. Yeah, I was, I was like, so weird. uncomfortable. Like I don't know why he wasn't calling him. You know, Mister Rosario. You're at my house yeah. at my dinner party, eating like, my yeah. food. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Let's check this. And food. also like smashing his daughter in his house <laughs> because was... later, mm-hmm. later they're like everybody on the block is like, hey, you guys have been smashing. How did you guys find that out? Which by the way. <laughs> Which, by the way, is another song that got cut. Uh, 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 there's a, there's a specific song that like that like leads up to them basically sleeping together that comes before Carnival, where there's that like I heard you and Nina went for a roll in the hay. So I, oh, it, wow. it, that moment gets kind of washed over, and it's just like, oh, I guess it happened, but when and who did you hear it from? <laughs> yeah. um, they just had their ear ear to the, the right. side of the Rosario <laughs> household. How did y'all um, feel about uh, the the choreography? I mean, none of us are really it's dancers. Good. I, I good. really loved that one uh, big scene at like the pool. Oh, ninety six thousand. Yeah, blocking there. Yeah, 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 the underwater. I, the one in the hair shop was great. Yes. The hair yeah. shop is really good. They, I think the yeah. Benny and Nina on the on the side of the wall was great. Was I mean, really I know a lot of people yeah. don't like it, but I think that's. I like it. Yeah. It's I it's it really good. hard. It's really hard to make stage uh, scenes that are essentially dialogue on a stage mm-hmm. interesting yeah. on on film and. It was, like or, it was like it was like Orfe, like you know. There's there's that I don't know if y'all have seen that that French movie Orpheus, but no. like there's that no. scene where the guy is like crawling through hell, basically the underworld, and like he's supposed to be like walking against wind, but what they did okay. was they put him on his side and he's just uh, crawling, yeah, that one. and the camera's yeah. above him and he's like moving like that. It almost oh. looked like something like that, but they're still standing on top of the uh, on the side of the building. I remember seeing that in the trailer and 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 getting kind of goosebumps. I thought that was cool. Was cool. One thing that's weird is um, I was sitting, I went to see the movie like I said in theaters with uh with my friends uh, Daniel Hall and Amir. Hey, uh, and hey, shout out. And oh, yeah. I was trying to figure out the whole time like who it's for, and I don't even mean <laughs> in a racial sense anymore. I mean like in terms of splitting the difference between people who have seen the play and people who haven't and are just there because Lin-Manuel Miranda's name is on Correct. the poster. White suburban soccer moms with Toyota Camrys <laughs> that want to idealize what Washington Heights is like in Disney for Channel. Sure. That's and the Gina Rodriguez. Point. It's for Gina Rodriguez. <laughs> <laughs> How is she not in this movie? You That's guys did it. Well, okay. But, but here's the thing. You guys know why it took so long to make this movie? Because it got a movie deal I think in 08. Uh. Like they were like, we want to make this into a movie and they were like, we want J-Lo to be in it. And Lin-Manuel uh-huh. Miranda was like, no. <laughs> and I'm just thinking, like, how much 
J-Lo would have set this off. Just give J-Lo one of the roles. Yeah, I don't care. Like, like, make the movie. So I'm surprised Gene Rodriguez is not one of the hair salon ladies. At least something. You know but who I is mean, one of the hair salon ladies is Dasha Polanco oh. from Orange of the New Black, who looked fucking who good. Looks great. <laughs> who looked good in this. Every she time did. she shows up, I'm like, I would like to follow her. Yes. What's going on? What's going on First with her? First of all, the movie opens with her having slept with his Navi. Like that's one of his given circumstances. Is that no? Right? It was a joke, yes. Wasn't it, <laughs> wasn't I it a joke? Catch that. They're having was it? Co- they're I having think... a lot of flirting. No. They're having a lot of flirting. I think I it was supposed fun. to be a joke because like, like she's teasing character? him. Is no, but the... she keeps she the, keeps she... her character. No, yeah. isn't it one of no no one of them slept with Benny. Because they make a joke uh, about yes. his his dick. Oh well, yes. yes. But then also, and her character is like always another. flirting with him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's a whole other thing. She's like, I heard he's dragging uh, an SUV, a stretch Lord. limo, or something like yeah. that. Yeah, which is you know. But I mean, it's I guess it's it's you're in a salon, so that type of thing is going to come up. Mm. Yeah. But I was just gonna, the reason I was bringing that up is to say that like for example they have the they're counting down to the blackout for the whole movie, mm-hmm. and that just yeah. feels like failure that undercuts it because the blackout is supposed it's to surprising. be surprising. It's mm-hmm. a blackout. You're never like You're not expecting I mean? it. Yeah, it, yeah. it keeps saying three days until blackout, two days until blackout, one hundred hours till blackout. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? It, what it felt like to me was was like because bla- they're leading up to blackout, right? It's supposed to be mm-hmm. this huge thing, and then they fucked blackout in the end yeah, anyway. Yeah. Like Which they is don't... such a good song, and it actually ends the first act. I've never heard anyone yeah, say they fucked blackout. <laughs> well, they did it this time, Danny. Worst for that. But the, the worst part about, not even the worst, excuse me, because there's many things wrong with it, but also they just cut off the last line, like where it's like in Washington Heights, right? Like that's yes. how it closes the first act. They actually just cut that. And, they, and, and well, they go into to Abuela, into, into Abuela's song, yes. and then she, that annoyed the hell out of me. She she just perishes. She's <laughs> like, this is. She's like, it's too hot. She <laughs> basically <laughs> has a Yoda death. She's uh, basically a, like, the sitting, oh, yeah, she's yeah. like, she's my, basically my, my, in oh, bed and like <laughs> just just like I'm not doing it anymore. She has a great performance. Yeah, she mm-hmm. does, she she's gonna get nominated she's for fantastic. an Oscar. Mark my words. She's gonna be the one that gets nominated out of all of them. Uh, it's not going to be Ramos. Ra- the, the main character is never gets nominated. I think it's going to be her. Mm. Yeah, that's um, fair. What I'll say, but, Zach, is as much as I do enjoy Blackout, the original uh, song, I once I got over how jarring the choice was, mm. I kind of I enjoyed wow. it. You know, I I liked her. <laughs> Interesting. Wow. Um, wow. 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 <laughs> oh wow. <laughs> but I liked it, I, and I liked the quiet calor. All right. You know, like her whispering it, and so, like I was okay. We're going, we're doing something slightly different with it. What right. also surprised me in that another change from the play is that in the play, Abuela reveals that she has the lottery ticket in that Early. song. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then like she gives it to us. There's like two or three more yeah. songs before Carnival. Well, what's what's <laughs> upsetting about this is Usnambi just randomly stumbles on that lottery ticket, and she yeah. was like, "For yeah. Usnambi, I understand she didn't get the chance to actually give it to him because she died." Yeah. That felt so weird to me. I had no idea. Like, what if he didn't find it, that? This makes more sense. <laughs> first talking about the first version of the show, but like I had no idea what was going. What if he on. threw like, that away? Lottery ticket? Yeah. Is it? Is it? Is it? He owns the bodega that she bought the lottery ticket at. Wouldn't she have to go through him anyway? Like, hey, Gustavi, by the way, I got the lottery ticket that you sold me. Oh, it's yours. Yeah, maybe, didn't right? want to yeah. tell him about it. And it, I, oh, your 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 nephew. By the way, your yeah. nephew is in danger of being apprehended by ICE. Oh, let cousin, me, yeah, Sonny, your, your let's, cousin. Let's talk about Sunny because this is actually I, this is a scene that, upon reflection, I have a real problem with. 
So ah, when, yes. so when, so when Lin, uh, sorry, not Lin, Lin Lo, Anthony Ramos as Usnavi, he he finds out. Uh, well, actually, he doesn't even find anything out. He's trying to like, uh, I think, send. Um, He's trying to take Sonny, Sonny with to, like, him, right? Take him, take him with him. He wants to take him to the DR. DR. Yeah. yeah. And so he goes to see his, meet his father, played by Mark Anthony. Hey, uh, with, hey. With a just bonkers cameo. Listen, <laughs> because he did a song. He does the end credits song. The end credits song. Does. No yeah, one, but I'm like, how yeah. do you have Mark Anthony in the in the movie? He's not dancing or singing. What's, yeah. what's But I mean, he acts pretty well in the scene. He does. But basically, the 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 revelation of this that's supposed to be seated here that comes later is that Sonny is undocumented and his father is as well. But like they, for a movie that's supposed to be so like full of hope and like patience and, and faith and all of that, they present his dad as like this deadbeat archetype when he's really just a man who's like been like, you know, beaten down by the Railroaded, system like a lot yeah. of Latinx yeah. people have. And it's like his, he, like he's almost demonized for not like engaging more yeah. with Sonny's life or anything like that. And the scene just feels unnecessary because you find out at the protest later anyway. And that scene could have mm. stood by itself. You know, it ends with him saying, you you only pay Sonny in cash, right? Why, why do you think why that is? That? Yeah, yeah. yeah, why haven't you asked that, you snobby? Aren't I you guys first cousins? <laughs> <laughs> like, so I just was like, I, I, that scene felt very yeah. much like a studio edition of like, we have to, we have to talk about this. So figure out a way to work yeah. it in. That, that almost felt like Super it was Super unnecessary, like like that. alcoholic set dressing where there's like yeah. beer bottles laying around. He's like, is that your first like, one of the day? Definitely <laughs> demonizing him, like you said, Justin. You know what's yeah. funny? That, that looks, I, that was like a Disney Channel interpretation of what an alcoholic's yeah. like, day-to-day is like. Yeah, it, yeah. I, it's funny because I actually, I, I was really watching that scene for the acting. And of course, now that you're talking about it like this, I completely agree with you. But I just thought like the acting in that scene was really like, was really oh subtle and good and you know yeah. you know when when it, it's a really good scene when i had to rewind four times to catch the last thing that mark anthony says to him when he's like <laughs> why is that he's like why is that and i was like oh but i was like that was so good i just didn't know what he said but, but of course now that you're talking about it like this the one scene that i really liked for the acting is really <laughs> no but, i mean yeah it's it's like it's listen the thing is that it with it with the exception of uh, melissa whatever who played vanessa mm. it's almost never the actor's fault you know what i mean they're doing a job and the and the movie well. around them is like is has an agenda that yeah. is that is not yeah. uh correct the, the issue the issue with uh vanessa is that you are supposed to believe that her and Usnavi have been friends since they were 15 you know what i mean like you're supposed to believe that they were friends in high school and that he's just he's just had a crush on her which is something that happens like it's a trope in a lot of things Mm -hmm. but like there's no familiarity when they're talking yep like even even though she knows he has a crush on her yep from the first song there's not any hey you snobby how's your how's uh how is your your uh cousin how is this going do you remember, first you know, Mr. He says Mr. Fletcher is, died. You want to talk about that? Like, nothing. <laughs> first thing he says is, are you moving? And it's like, yeah. uh, like what? She, she enters the show like she's gone. I just, I yeah, like the, the Vanessa character is so frustrating to me because mm-hmm. I understand that obviously, I mean, in, in a way, Usnavi's motivation is the same thing. It's similar. At least yeah. like he wants to, he's trying to figure out if he wants to leave right. the Heights. But Vanessa... And it's not even in the play either, from what I remember. There's never really any motivation outside of, like, I just want to leave here because I have a dream to chase. Yeah. But, yeah. like, the movie, again, had an opportunity to give her a family. You took uh, Nina's mother away. You could have given Vanessa a mother. Yeah. You could have, like, she lives by herself next to the elevated train. Mm-hmm. She's going downtown to try to 
get apartments and she's being denied because she elevated doesn't have train credit. Is so funny to me. Because like, she's like the elevated the train. Elevated train. <laughs> <laughs> but oh my gosh, yes, <laughs> it is just. But she's just like I mean? the one like, or the L train. It's, yeah, it's like it, her character is is she comes into the show already ready to 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 leave mm. and like. And then it's just yeah. about convincing her to stay, right? Because like she, you know, she realizes, I guess, the beauty of the neighborhood in the same way that Usnavi does. By the way, major change for the ending is that like she unveils her designs to Usnavi oh, as opposed to right. in the play. Beautiful. It's actually uh, it's a mural of Abuela, Abuela. that gets yes. painted by Graffiti yes. Pete, and then he's yes. like, "I'm going to stay here because the community came together yes. to honor this woman who who didn't who, who wasn't related to any of us, and yes. you know what I mean. And we're going to make it work. We're going to yeah. make this place better. I mean, I'm not." And- I'm and not Vanessa, a, yeah, and, 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 I'm sorry, Justin, and Vanessa, you, you guys know I'm not a nitpicker, but let's just walk through this, let's walk through this train of logic. Let's go. Vanessa, me. Vanessa, who does not have keys to the bodega, <laughs> and the her only okay. connection to the bodega is that the guy that she likes yep. owns the bodega. Yes. Exactly. Um, Breaks in. Bre- bre- uh, calls his cousin, who is the miner, <laughs> yeah. to open the bodega. That is still fully stocked. Mm-hmm. It hasn't been cleared out because he's mm-hmm. leaving. Yeah. Uh, and just sets her shit up in and there. And vandalizes it with Graffiti Pete. Who Surprise! Yeah, she does vandalize it. Yeah. And then she vandalizes it and he comes in. And he's not like, holy shit, why? <laughs> why did you just expecting him to be done. charmed by it. Yeah. Expecting him to not ask questions and just, oh, wow, you know what? Yeah, yeah <laughs> he gets, I can get behind this. <laughs> we reviewed a David Lynch movie last episode. And what I thought was going to happen toward the end of this movie... Because they were, oh doing this, they were doing this whole thing about, like, That's the what they little did. dream, right? I thought they were going to have it that Usnavi was, like, Crazy. hallucinating, Crazy. speaking to his own dream. And I was like, oh, that's dope. Like, I would, I would give this movie five stars if he had been talking to an imaginary Nobody. group of children. And then, like, and then reality invades it. And he's like, oh, I have to stay here. Like, it's like, shut yeah, up. Yeah, yeah. But instead, it's just that, like. They painted the deli, and now he feels like he's in VR, which is juvenile. (laughs) And and has gotten five children, four of which are not his biological children, (laughs) sit and listen to this two-and-a-half-hour story. (laughs) Well, wait, can we— The device is poorly used. Just the one executed. Isn't the one kid at one point, like— the, the one kid said something that's really like out of it, it, it like halts the story. It's like, wait, what's going on? He's like, You're tripping, or, or yeah. he's, 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 like, so, he's, like, he's like, He's like, He's something like, Nigga, are you crazy? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Like <laughs> and like, none of the other kids fucking talk like that. It's the only time yeah. one of them says something like, Or that. he's like, What you talk about? Yeah. Yes, yeah. that's, that's what that's exactly. Yeah. He does the what you talking about, Willis. Yeah, the, the, yeah, but, and it's let's, but the thing is, is you have to understand how intricately Usnavi's telling this story because. When he steps on that sewer hole opening in the beginning with the gum, it cuts back to him telling the story, <laughs> and the kids are laughing because right. he must have told them. Yeah, that, yeah. And then I stepped on that. Oh, gum. and by the way, I stepped on some gum. <laughs> and then it cuts back <laughs> up, and it made like a cartoon noise. It was like, and he's like, he's like, oh, and by the way, you know, I I run this bodega, and this one woman came in and flirts with me every day. Also, <laughs> that woman is not true. It's like how I met your mother, where you're supposed yeah. to believe these kids. Oh have yeah. Also, also yeah. For, oh, let me. Let, hey, four year old girl, let me tell you about how my friend Benny has a stretch limo in his pants. <laughs> <laughs> and then we're supposed to believe that that little black girl is 
uh, the product of him and Vanessa. <laughs> yeah, it's it's just so like these kids are hearing every line of dialogue, every, every right? and every stage and direction so as well. Hearing, like you've been shaking your ass for half of the heights, <laughs> and, and, and he's and he's supposed to, and we're supposed to also believe that the kids are privy to information because if this is the framing device, it means Yusnavi has to be present in every for, scene. for situation that he's not the in. Abuelas, yeah. They're seeing the abuelas, uh, <laughs> as well as hallucinations. <laughs> Deep subconscious musical number, yeah. yeah. And then we're also supposed to believe because there's a scene where she dies and Usnavi says nothing. He just right. like looks. Usnavi is the God in this. <laughs> he's, like, he's omniscient because because Lin Manuel Miranda has a God complex. No, he is God. He is God in the movie because they, they he's everywhere. He's, 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 he's in, in the background of every shot. Mind. <laughs> he's because, Michael Myers in this movie because because there's a scene where. Snobby looks up and sees all the people from the neighborhood singing to him. And <laughs> Lin Manuel is there. He gets his own little solo moment too to sing. That's to like what's what's strange alone. to me. And I was talking. About, she told me that I had to shout her out, otherwise she wouldn't listen to the episode. So my friend Val, who I know <laughs> Zach knows, but we were talking a lot about this movie. And like, what's up, Val? What would have been interesting is, okay, obviously you want to do a Hitchcock thing. You want to honor the guy who wrote the who wrote the musical. Have Lin Manuel show up in the opening music number, and that's literally it. I don't want to see hide or hair of Lin Manuel Miranda for the rest of this movie. Instead, he yeah. is an honest to god supporting character. His ego <laughs> will not allow it. This man His ego will not allow it. He has deluded himself to the fact that he thinks he can sing. Like the man is nasally, <laughs> he's flat, and he's pitchy. And I have been out of learning music for a very long time. <laughs> Yeah, but Danielle, but Danielle, Danielle, it doesn't even. There's scenes where he's in it, and I'm like, you could have cut this scene and put in a Benny and Vanessa, oh, uh, a Benny, Benny and Nina yeah. bit, because no. the. But I, I just want to. I just want to. Because two and a half minutes devoted to the Priyagwa song with who? Christopher no, Jackson. songs. I just want to say, again. Lin Manuel Miranda being inside of this man's fantasy is the same thing as if I was like, guys, I'm leaving the media morgue, and I saw a fantasy of of all of you guys, and then also the guy who runs the Mr. Softy truck outside. Like, like, yeah, 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 yeah. He is so inconsequential yeah, yeah, yeah. to my daily life, <laughs> and yet he's everywhere in the movie. He's every he's in the His- fantasy. He's, he he's in the end credit scene. He is the end Lin credit Manuel scene. Manuel Miranda has a has singer. a character poster for this movie. <laughs> he does, yeah, he does. They have him as the Piaguero, and I'm like, why are you? His movie's already on the poster. He's already selling it. He doesn't need to be in it. His they could have just yeah. said Lin Manuel Miranda's in the Heights. <laughs> like it wouldn't have been that hard. Ego will not allow for it. He needs to be a part yeah. of every part of the he, He's an ego He's the man who created a fictional version of Alexander Hamilton that bears no resemblance to the actual <laughs> Alexander <laughs> Hamilton. Just so that he could have and I have a friend Abby who also listens to the podcast, mm-hmm. uh, who was like, think about this for a second. There are three women in Hamilton that are speaking lines and all three of them he sleeps with over the course of the thing or it's mm-hmm. assumed that he sleeps with them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He has created a role for himself (laughs) where he's women are throwing themselves at him in the play. You want to know how I know this man has the biggest ego on earth? Because every casting of Hamilton that's not him are like super hot guys, like extremely (laughs) hot, like very tall, like (laughs) conventionally attractive (laughs) men. And I'm like, Anthony Ramos is uh, is a very good looking guy. (laughs) He he's cast. He thinks that's what. That's, <laughs> that's his reflection. He thinks that when he wakes up in the morning, I'm like, is that what 
<laughs> you see, I just know, baby. Listen, listen. If Lin Manuel Miranda is listening to this, I know you're not. We're very sorry that we're dumping on you. <laughs> right. I'm, but, I'm sorry. And my black ass can hear it. But Anthony Ramos is when you're listening to him, you're like, he is so good. Lin Manuel Miranda is not even in the same ballpark as no. you. Like no. they should have written new music for Anthony Ramos because the it few almost times feels, he does get to sing, it's like it's yeah, so good, it's and you're amazing. like, and you're like, it's almost like he's 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 a major league player and he's batting with little league because the yeah. role has been written for someone who, who 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 doesn't who, sing, who has a limited skill set. Yeah. He's a great writer, but he's not a great performer. Right. And then Anthony Ramos comes in and finds even the scene, the opening scene where he's doing one dollar, yeah, two dollars, yeah. uh, and and they keep flipping, and he mm-hmm. has so much charm and charisma, and you're like. How could anyone else have done this role yeah. that doesn't have this skill level? You know exactly, what I mean? exactly. I, I well, listen. We're, we're going on almost an hour talking about in the heights, oh, <laughs> and, and it, it's are. been a great conversation. I'm but so I guess, <laughs> I guess to bring it home, um, we're about to move into West Side Story, and I think what 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 hurts the most about in the heights is that I do believe that if his head was on straight, Lin Manuel Miranda actually has the potential to create the new. Like, In the Heights could have been the new West Side Story in a lot of I ways in terms of like, well, it yes. Uh, yeah, but I mean, it, it could have been something that does capture New York in an authentic yes. way and does capture, I mean, not that West Side Story necessarily <laughs> does the next thing, but captures people <laughs> of color in an authentic mm-hmm. way. And it, and it just doesn't. So um, I, I'm going to give it uh, two Piragua carts out of seven. Oh, God, I'm never ready for these. <laughs> I'm yeah. going to give it uh, two. What's the what's the actress from Orange Is the New Black's name? Ra- Ra- Dasha. I, uh, Dasha. Uh, Pol- yes, I'm going to give it two of, Polanco, of her yeah, uh, Nike like sweatsuit thing that she wears She's the so whole movie. Hot. Two, two out of five. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, this is just Disney shit. I give it the same. I give it the same rating as fucking. Um, I don't know, dog with a blog. Sorry, <laughs> it, it's it's like a damn, damn. <laughs> I thought you were gonna be hella disrespectful and say High School Musical three, which is a cinematic masterpiece, <laughs> or like um, jump in with Corbin Blue, the jump rope. That's musical. actually much more what it's like. I actually like, I actually liked that as a kid. That's but... very much what it's like. Danny, yeah, I could have sworn you liked this movie. Huh? I could have sworn you liked this movie when you said. I the- I, I really like um the the scene where they're dancing on the side of the skyscraper and the mm-hmm. scene uh, where the abuela is hallucinating a you know yeah. swan song to her mm-hmm. life. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I like those those two sequences, mm-hmm. and I and I was annoyed by the rest yeah. of it. <laughs> exactly. So I don't even know what I would because I don't want to be disrespectful and give the one like there are there are things that yeah. I think are captivating but they're they're very few and far between i think like the rest of you guys this is like a two out of like nine yeah 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 Yeah. i'll uh i'll go ahead and just give it a three uh usnavi trying to open a bottle of champagne out of (laughs) ten wow let me get this gold shit off (laughs) and and danielle i think i'm gonna give it like a two no maybe guess out of ten like yeah. Yeah. As in, don't tell me anything more about this movie. Yeah. <laughs> I can't believe this was made. That's. <laughs> <laughs> but, um. Well. Uh, yeah. That is. Uh, that does it for our thoughts on In the Heights. We're going to take our second break, and then Danielle's going to lead us through West Side Story. Hey. Um. If you're a story? fan of it, approach with caution. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
Okay, we are back from the break. Um, I'm Danielle, the guest. Um, hey, the guest. Thank you, thank you. Um, Only fanfare in this corner, is that it? <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. Let's move into West Side Story, which was directed by Robert Wise and Jerome Robbing. Mm-hmm. Um, and it is a adaptation. It was made in 1961, mm. and it is an adaptation wow. of a play by the same name. Mm. And as, uh, another adaptation that's listed on Google is uh, Romeo and Juliet. Right. Yeah. R plus J, the OGs. Is it is it oh, supposed Juliet. to be Romeo and Juliet? I didn't I didn't get that. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. It's, it's all, a bunch West of the characters story? have been put is together. It? Yeah. Yeah. It's not because Hamlet. It's, huh? it's not that did Hamlet. not come through. Mm-hmm. No. Nope. That's so weird. I thought that was Macbeth. I think I saw some. Oh, I could, I could sense, I could sense his sarcasm. I was about to mansplain it to you. Yeah, I saw it coming. I was gonna be like, well, actually, uh, if you notice, Bernardo bears Tybalt, Tybalt, and Lord Capulet. I'm so sorry, Danielle. Please continue. Um. So, any first, second, like reactions yeah well this is my first time seeing it and i think mm-hmm. really before we started recording that it was the same for you danielle i've seen yes. a, i've seen a version of it on stage mm-hmm. this is my first time seeing the movie okay um in general one of the things that um that i was kind of thinking about throughout the whole movie is how much of this is probably going to get cut for the remake <laughs> like, or trying to figure out what things yeah. might get cut all the it's two and a half hours long and i don't think I don't necessarily think they're going to keep all Apparently, No, apparently it's going to be more true to the stage show to than the stage this version, is. Yeah. Okay. Maybe sure. that'll make it longer. Who knows? But right. um, oh, I Jesus. was actually very impressed with the cinematography. I think this, yeah, yeah. this thing is like super well shot. Really the texture, then yeah. the technicolor. Oh, my God. Yeah, yeah. The, sh- yeah, the, the opening shadows. aerial shots of New York, of the island of Manhattan. Yeah. Like, yeah. Go, I was. This is stuff that like mm-hmm. I was not used to seeing in the 60s. You know what yeah. I mean? So. Um, that that immediately I was like, okay, maybe I am interested in this this little this little dusty old musical here. Hmm. Um, but then I was quickly let down by the actual musical numbers. Uh, <laughs> really? This, yeah, I really don't like Terrible. many of I th- the songs. I think the music in West Side Story is fucking great. I think it's bad. bad. I think it's the, bad as well. Some of the some of the hey, hey, Krumpke. <laughs> that song is cool. Yeah. I mean, I, I like I like some of the the refrains and the arrangements at least orchestrally, but the actual like lyrics to certain songs and like the way that those songs are, I'm like, I'm just kind of annoyed and you know what I mean? Um, yeah. And obviously we'll get into the, we'll, we'll get into, you know, uh, some of the same uh, racial politics that we did in, in the Heights, <laughs> yes. because this, this movie too, in term outside of just straight up casting non-Latin people period as, as Latin people, which was uh, the practice. Um, it also has that same, <laughs> That it falls into that same uh, pitfall of like, okay, well, if the person speaks Spanish, that's good enough to cast them as, uh, you know, this type of person. So, um, anyway, overall, uh, yeah, really enjoyed looking at the movie, mm. uh, not so much listening to it. <laughs> that's my opening take. Uh, I'll, I'll go next um, because I had something to say about the cinematography, which I also agree is really great. Um, my stepdad is a drama teacher. That's something I've never mentioned on the podcast mm. before. But uh, oh. one of his first shows that I remember watching with him was an adaption of West Side Story. It's an adaption of an adaption. Um, mm. uh, and he went to a predominant, he, he taught at a predominantly black middle school. So he actually flipped the music to being Michael Jackson music uh, instead of uh, the. Uh, 
was it Sondheim music? Um, yeah. But he kept the script virtually the same. That's cool. Um, it was cool. It was a cool production. Uh, and he he cut it off right when Tony dies. Like that's the last scene of his version. There's no like ah uh, wow. Um, but that's so, probably better. So I've yeah, probably it changes uh, it. But but I, I I so I've always kind of known of West Side Story. I've never seen the full movie straight out. I've seen that. You know, I studied ballet in high school, so we often had to do the Jerome Robbins uh, mm-hmm. jump. West show us something. Thing. <laughs> I would, but uh, this is a podcast. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's that's gonna be that's gonna Audio be behind. Medium, that's gonna be behind the paywall. If you guys want to see <laughs> me do it. <laughs> yes, no, sir. but but so 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 I I've known of West Side Story in bits and pieces. So finally seeing the movie was an interesting experience. I think the cinematography is my favorite part of the whole thing. Definitely, like, I, I think it's it's really. Agreed rendering the city kind of as a technicolor thing that gets more and more uh like grotesque as it goes on is really interesting it's probably actually as as much as there were some sets in in the heights that i enjoyed mm-hmm. it it feels more realistic than in the heights it does and it's yeah, because it it's it's trying to give you the feeling of new york it, right. it understands that it's not new york or not always new york but it's mm-hmm. trying to give you the, the gut feeling of what new york might feel like in the summer well some of those like basketball courts and stuff they're shooting on seem like they're they're on location but but he's doing the spike lee thing where where he's he's like the pal the color palettes on the on the streets and stuff are red and green yeah yeah um but the the thing i wanted to say was and we're going to talk about the remake a lot because it's unavoidable but um it looks like spielberg has taken the bit out of the cinematography that makes it interesting and it's it looks like the palette in that movie is brown and black well, because because mm. the movies in like the 60s and stuff like technicolor was so fucking beautiful yeah yeah mm. technicolor was gorgeous yeah the, the tri-strip technology yeah and we, mm. we don't really have the means to do that now authentically like we can only really spielberg digitally can, modify stuff spielberg could do it we can digitally well i don't think he'll shoot in like the tri-strip like like how they were making like the powell pressburger stuff where yeah. it looks a lot like narcissist. a pressburger movie yeah yeah um He'll 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 try and do it uh, digitally if he does. Like I think that movie has kind of a muddier color. It looks brown. It looks it's brown, the whole movie yeah. looks brown. Well, it's it, the finest browns. But it's the Spielberg <laughs> approved brown. But but yeah. my thing is not to make this go on too long. But I'm I'm like the since the best thing for me about this is the cinematography, and I think the rest of it is is not great. Uh, taking that gut out of the movie feels like a. A weird like why would you yeah. and why is yours set in the 50s too the movie yeah, yeah. the movie was the, the play and the movie were designed to be a modern musical like because mm-hmm. a lot of musicals in that day were escapist but this one was meant there were curse words in the original drafts of um, sondheim scripts yeah, yeah. on purpose this way says crump you yeah so so it's like why would you then make it a period piece why would you not just set it now it's bizarre it's bizarre so anyway we'll get into it but I, mm-hmm. I I don't love this movie, but I think it looks very pretty. Yeah, I, uh, it, it is gorgeous. Oh. Um, this to me, you know, what's funny is when I was at summer camp as a kid, there there was this one cabin that had a TV and a VHS player, and the two movies they had. You ready for this? Batman and Robin by Joel Schumacher and West Side Story has the same <laughs> color palette. And uh, those those were the only two v- VHSs on the campground. So if you wanted to watch a movie. It was West Side Story or Batman and Robin. Hmm. And you had to choose between the two. So I watched this movie like an unhealthy amount when I was like, <laughs> You chose um, West Side Story over Batman and Robin? Wow. Oh, man. Isn't that crazy? Can, wow. you, can you even fathom? That's very straight of you. Um, <laughs> believe me, I, I had to watch Batman and Robin a, a few times. Because, because when movie night came around, 
It was always a fight. Well, one or the other, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I've yeah I've watched this movie a lot, and I'm kind of sick of seeing it. I don't think I ever need to see it again. Um, okay. I, I watched it again this. I watched it again. No, it's fine. I, I watched it again this week, and I was like not really paying attention because it's like. You know it. I, I was paying you attention know, just just the right amount, and yes. I mean, I, I know the music really well because we we put on like a whole West Side Story thing in the mm. second high school I went to, mm-hmm. um, and uh, you know it's ingrained enough to where I feel like it's iconic, and I almost feel weird like criticizing it, but there's so much Too to criticize. Oh yeah, like the, the racial politics and um, you know just just the kind of rhythm and, and feel of it it doesn't really mesh that well with me like as an adult i think when i was a kid i wasn't really critical of the stuff i was seeing and, and now i just don't really think this lands that well hmm. you know yeah um it, it might be because they they adapted something where like a musical is so streamlined and and it's like one song into the next and like here it's 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 kind of like that but there is enough dead air where it's like wow i'm bored you know (laughs) there is a lot of like dead air in this uh and and some some like the dancing at the it's corny it is like a corny show so i mean i'm 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 mid on this i'm kind of lukewarm i guess yeah i mean i pretty much agree with everybody i think the songs are annoying as hell pretty much every time someone started singing i was like oh fuck and then i would just like look at my phone. <laughs> yeah. um i do but i do really appreciate like so much of it uh my elementary school would play the be- i've seen the beginning of this movie mm-hmm. like Maybe 15 too. times yeah that, they might, just... that might be why i like the music just because it's so familiar it's, it's nostalgic like, I, I know yeah. it all like yeah. the back of my hand yeah. maria say it's right. soft and it's almost like praying hey keep say going it loud and there's music playing yeah yeah, yeah i got that that's backwards danny do more. yeah but it, it, yeah there are there are like there are bits of poetry in some of the lyricism and actually and just yeah. dialogue that are yeah. like, oh, that's cool. Yeah, but mm-hmm. but you know, I so I, I definitely appreciate some of it. I think the the combat like is I think it's it's actually pretty cool. Just like the choreography when someone's like you know gonna go push somebody and they just like leap and it's beautiful. Um, mm. My big thing was I'm confused as to why Tom Holland wasn't cast as Riff because Riff was oh, the remake was yeah because riff was dancing like was like flipping around let's not cast him and any more stuff <laughs> sure yes say what you will however i was looking at riff and i was no, like it would have been great i bet tom holland would have no, actually would have done so everything too expensive for the movie in every role. That's true. Yeah, but okay. i think tom holland could have been well, West Side Story by design should be no names. It should be. It, sh- it, sh- it should mm. be. They should like discover new people yeah. for Agreed. a new adaptation of it. They don't do it. it. They don't do it. But it except for Tom Holland as Riff, I think. I except for Ansel Elgort as. as <laughs> we'll get into it. No, no, right. <laughs> oh, we'll exactly, get into it. Exactly, <laughs> what I'm saying is they're not doing how yeah, I would have yeah, done it. Because yeah, no, back yeah. then there were no names, like like Natalie Wood yeah. and, and Richard Bamer, who's who's a main character. Who's in still in no names. He's a main character in Twin Peaks, and that's all I know. Yeah. The only other stuff I know from him, they were like no names, and he's still. The only well, Natalie Wood is isn't really because of that well, murder she, case. Well, and obviously. also she was a big star. Well, she was a yeah, she was a yeah. star for a decade. Only, she was a big star. She was and she was murdered. Who was uh, like? Uh, I think the only one who was famous by that time or was starting to be was Rita Moreno. This actually might have been what okay. like, catapulted, but she was in the. What King else was I. she doing? Okay. The, yeah, I she was on Broadway, wasn't she? Or she was a dancer. She was been singing, acting, and dancing for seventy years. She's got an e got. Uh, uh, she's won like, and all of those are in performance categories. She's got the triple crown, so she's she's been doing this for a minute. Um, what do you think, Danny, about the movie? What were your impressions? Um, I mean, I agree with. Have you seen it? 
I hadn't seen it before. Because I think you and Justin just saw it for the first time, right? I just saw it for the first time. I thought, like, this would be an interesting pairing because I know that the... As soon as I found out the Rachel Cosmos was next to me, I was like, yeah, absolutely. This is the one. (laughs) Um, I really loved the choreography. Um, I really loved the cinematography, um, as you guys all mentioned. Um, Yeah, that, that, like, basically what I, I just... That was it. That, that, that was it. all that made an impression. And I that's think, our think, show. <laughs> because, like, I think as, like, someone who likes some of the, like, uh, the sound of music and... Mm-hmm. Um, I love sound of music. Singing in the Rain is one of my favorite movies, actually. Um, mm. Like, on, like, more towards the top of my list. Like, the first time mm. I saw this, saw it, I was like, this is one of the most gorgeous things I've ever seen it in my life. And it moves really well. Sound of music mm-hmm. also moves really well and they both have these like beautiful color palettes right and mm-hmm. cinematography and the music actually stands out and and so it was really interesting for me at least i thought that i would like be critical of this film but actually like mm. fall in love with it yeah, yeah. and i simply like i was just like oh that's a gorgeous shot and that was mm-hmm. and that was the extent of yeah. my enjoyment of of that of this film, so yeah, that's really what Dan, you, you had I'm a gonna cor- I'm gonna correct myself. Uh, Natalie Wood was not a no name. R- Richard Richard Bamer was, but Natalie Wood had been in Rebel Without a Cause. That is James correct. With James she Dean, had, uh, before he died. Uh, oh. Miracle on Thirty Fourth Street. Only in three movies. You know, there's a curse on. There's, they, it's believed that there's a curse on that movie because all three leads in Rebel Without a Cause died young. That's Ooh. crazy. Wow. Well. Yeah, she was forty. She was forty three or something when I looked it up. I think that she that she passed yeah. away. The boat or, thing know, was potentially um, killed. Before before we get into the general discussion, I'm just going to do our customary letterboxed ah, hey. uh, reviews uh, because there are great ones for this one. Hey. <laughs> there are lots of opinions. Um, our first one goes from uh, Brat. It's a four star review, and it says, "Fellas, is it gay to have da- casual dance fights with your bros?" <laughs> um, this one is uh, darkly ironic. It's from Demon Slayer with a Dragon Slayer. It has a no. It has no stars, uh, and it says. This is going to be the first American film I've seen with Puerto Ricans as main characters. Kind of pleasant to have it there since I am Puerto Rican myself. Uh, Who's going to tell him? Who's going to tell him? And and the last one. He couldn't eyeball The last one, which is, this one goes out uh, to to Dan. This is a five-star review, and it's from Ethan, and it says, this is just La Ain for theater kids. Hell yeah. There you go. Actually, yes. <laughs> Actually, yeah. It is very much trying. I mean, like, obviously, you know, for me with West Side Story, the the whole thing going into it, and some of the music is is ubiquitous. I feel pretty, oh, so pretty. That like mm-hmm. that refrain, everybody knows the Maria, Maria. Every time you meet someone named Maria, you start doing that, and they say, "I'm going to kill you." Yeah, um, yeah. I, but I, one of the big every time you is- meet a police officer named Crumpy, you say, <laughs> yes, yes. Say, Crumpy, yeah. and they said. Did you just say fuck you to me and they, and they put you on the ground? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. You taser. It's, it's it tough. is it is common. But uh I um obviously the thing that I think in in a similar way to how like Battle Royale was like, oh, it's like Japanese Hunger Games. Like I knew that this was Romeo and Juliet as a musical. Mm-hmm. Um but I also like I don't like Romeo and Juliet that much. How no. dare you? Wow. How dare you? And maybe uh, who are you to argue with Shakespeare, <laughs> Justin Winley? But maybe we- I feel like the tw- it's fine. We'll hold it. I feel like the twist with every episode of, of Medium Org is like we 
review classic stuff or like bring up things that are classics and the twist you ready is that we don't like them (laughs) (laughs) and that's that's every episode yeah romeo and juliet's like one of the you know great like cornerstones (laughs) of like shakespearean hold hold on (laughs) hold on i like it uh i'm just upset because romeo and juliet is uh, a top three shakespeare play for me um it's very important to me it's a it's a really it's a really geniusly structured film uh, play all right um but it's okay have you ever seen a Baz oh have i seen that movie that's one of my that's favorite movies that that right? is that that's i the, love that movie but the best part of that movie is that it the, the whole the whole got randy from the reason yes it does the reason the reason why romeo and juliet works is because every time you read it or watch it you want it to go different and yeah. the baz Luhrmann version Okay. Gets that down to a science by having him die as she's waking up. Classic. Oh my Such god. A classic image of him being like, oh fuck. And he's like, and he's he like, oh! <laughs> she's. <laughs> oh my gosh. Anyway, Romeo and Juliet is great. Justin, well, I'm sorry. No, like it's no, it's, no. I appreciate you disagreeing with me, and I, and I think that Shakespeare was. I, I'm not gonna sit here and say that. By the way, that like I'm, Shakespeare's I'm just bad. kidding. I'm just I kidding. Hope, I'm just I hope kidding. that's not what anyone gets. Um, but I think what you just what you just pointed out is actually something that I hadn't considered as far as like even as familiar as you are with something going back to it and wanting a different outcome. And I think that's something that Shakespeare was very good at with all his tragedies. I mean, like even with Macbeth, which is which is probably my favorite, uh, the Scottish play. But like, did even you guys with that, ever seen bookstores? Like, they they would die. have like. Oh. They would have like modernized versions of Romeo yes. and Juliet where it's like texts. Yes. It's like emojis yeah. and Romeo stuff. Romeo at Juliet. Yeah, 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 God. Yeah. True story. True story. I auditioned for what was going to be um, another adaptation of Romeo and Juliet called R hashtag J. Hey. Nice. That's Wait, awesome. Just, Justin, are, are you an actor? Justin. No. <laughs> no, I'm not. Justin, do you like Shakespeare? They, they picked me up off the street and Ju- I said, I just work at TJ Maxx. Oh my God, guys, the, he looks like the kid from Meyerowitz Store. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey. It's so hey. great to meet you. Uh, I thought that was Jarrell Jerome. I thought it was Jarrell Jerome. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, I, I, I with, uh, with, with this, um, I found myself definitely even even though i knew like okay this is this is an adaptation of romeo and juliet but there were definitely some moments like when uh when uh bernardo gets killed by um by tony Classic. and then tony yeah, yeah, yeah. runs to you know maria's bed his hands still bloody and is like want to make out like, and she's like hold me tighter with your bloody hands that carry the death of my brother which i know is a thing in in the shakespeare but i i was just like he but but also also in the Shakespeare it's like it, a she's much younger she's like fourteen uh, and also like yeah, she's it's her it's he's like seventeen 16. seventeen and she's oh, like 17. thirteen yeah uh, and also like it, it it's not immediate it's like a, a day or two later or it's it's like a day later and it's her cousin which is like. Also not she great. She didn't like that guy anyway. But she didn't like him. It's yeah. her cousin. You know what I mean? You need like, some Bernardo is her brother, and she loves Tony more after he kills him. <laughs> yeah. She's in fact like she's in fact like I'm going to leave the with state you. with you. I'm going to cross state lines with you, yeah. white boy. One of the things I think that's uh, interesting about the movie relationally, I guess I want to uh, unpack with y'all a bit, is like. The mm-hmm. presence of this police officer, uh, the detective, well, right. Krupke, but also the guy that the other, the other guy, guy. Uh, the guy in the suit, yeah, um, the lieutenant, 
Yes, because the movie seems to like kind of want to deal with, okay, the preferential treatment of police toward, you know, this white gang versus this Puerto Rican gang. Um, Sure. uh, Do you feel like the cops are cast in in a negative light in this? I mean, they are kind of, even in in the end, you know? Hmm. No, but it it feels like they're nodding to, or at least the film suggests, I'm not saying that like the filmmakers or the writers thought this, but it seems that the film suggests that these two groups of people uh, who are working class Mm. have a common enemy, which is the Mm. state. And they seem to not be able to come to agreement on that. They're both Mm -hmm. like harassed by cops. It's not just, you know, like that the white thing is, um, yeah, receiving yeah. preferential treatment is that like they're both like the the thing that's stopping them from you know being kids on the like who are gathered together because their home life isn't what it needs to be for them is the cops constantly stopping them from gathering together they can and are is like at their dances like i just didn't like these police yeah. officers are just sitting at their dances like yeah. they're under surveillance consistently by the state yeah. And yeah. yet, these two groups of people seem to not understand that the state as a common enemy, which I find really, which I found really fascinating, because it was mm-hmm. clearly like the thing, mm-hmm. like when the cop came to break up the the fight, Krupke, right? He, they were mm-hmm. both like, "Hey, we're just trying to fight here. Why are you over here?" Like they seem to be <laughs> on that. Um, yeah. So I think that's like an interesting, like that their constant presence, like the police, mm-hmm. the state's constant presence and what it says about the positionality of these two groups of people and their commonality, mm-hmm. but then it doesn't do anything it beyond doesn't. that. And they have, and they have, they, they're not lawless. Like they have rules. Yeah, they have codes. Like, yeah. like yeah, any yeah. gang does. Right. And so like they talk about having war councils. Mm-hmm. I mean, the thing that makes it ludicrous is that these are supposed to be high schoolers essentially. Right? 40 but, years old. <laughs> they're all and they're all fifty. They all have four hundred one k. It's like it's like Sella and the Spades. Actually, it's like selling the Spades. Yes, like, yes. yes. It is very similar to that in terms house. of yeah. Yeah, yeah. we we are the machinations of you know we're we're actually more competent than the adults. I mean, you have that bumbling like school principal or whatever. Mm, yeah. like, okay, everybody get in two circles and dance with whoever you stop with. That and was they hilarious. Just, like, ignore that man completely. That guy got messed um, up. No, no, but I I I I agree. I just just to talk about the the police thing Danielle because I think it's a, it's a valid point and it's not that they're just generic police they're supposed to be NYPD which is like mm-hmm. important like NYPD Chicago PD and LAPD are like the three horns of the devil you know what I mean like <laughs> like like they are the worst police departments in America by numbers like we know yep. this by numbers exactly. so so the fact that they are the movie is attempting to position these working class uh, Polish white people who have mm-hmm. uh, allegedly not assimilated into whiteness yet, not which yet. the timeline the timeline is off for that, but whatever. Um, a- along with these uh, Puerto Ricans, it's trying to say something about class and about race and how those two interact, but it, it, it feels like because of the positionality of the creators and the fact that only one of the directors is actually from New York, uh, and who knows if any of the rest of the creative team is from New York, it feels like it's not really, again, specific enough to say anything right. valid. Um, and, and, and I don't know if Spielberg will be able to either. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? Or if he'll even want to. I, like, yeah. okay. In terms of Dan, uh, Daniel, um, 
sorry, the, I want to hear what you have to say. I was just going to say, sure. like, in terms of thinking about what gets cut, you know, like everything. I, Officer Krupke has like fan favorite song written all over it. Right. So I can't imagine that he'd cut that. But at the same time, I also kind of can, especially if it's like, I mean, depending on the sort of like the temperature with policing, you know, I can see him either cutting those characters entirely and that song. I don't or think just, he's going to cut the, the cops at all. You Or like, or making them like, I guess like uh like a presence, but not named. I could see him doing something like that hmm. where, you know, he doesn't like uh, humanize them in a mm. sense, but I wonder. Well, I, about I, I think it will be similar to this and like the cops will be humanized. I mean, I, I just, he I just see. Corey Stoll is one of the cops. Like he yeah, does. So, so, yeah, so the yeah. cops so, are going to yeah, be. Yeah, yeah. They'll probably have their I own little side that. story, to be honest. They probably. probably. With the way <laughs> that, more, with the way that all in. media has tracked in the last like decade is like, you can't have a cop in a show without like showing them with their family or, or some sort of mm. like, they're going through something, even if they're like beating the shit out of someone. They have <laughs> to or, they'll ha- or they'll have like a really on the nose, like, you know what? Like. We used to come from wrong sides of the other tracks. Like, yeah. I chose exactly. life as a cop. I'm like, you chose to be Puerto Rican. <laughs> <laughs> you know, exactly. we'll, have, we'll have a moment where they where they come to understand one each other. <laughs> Danielle, uh, what were you gonna yeah. say before? Um, I was thinking actually about uh, do the right thing in this context. Mm-hmm. Okay, I think it's mm-hmm. a I think it's a good reference for um, dealing with like the class race and the presence of the state or the police mm. um and i wonder if that will be like for spielberg at least if, if he's gonna think about that when crafting um he's spielberg it's a good question that's a great question and yeah. i think i think do the right thing is certainly cribbing from this movie because spike lee's a big fan of musicals like mm-hmm. yes apparently apparently the beginning have you, of have you seen that college musical he did what's the name of that movie School days? Yeah, yeah. It's not. Days. Yeah, I haven't seen School Days, but school I know it's being. I know it's being moved to Broadway, or it's going to be really? developed for Broadway. I didn't know that. Um, which I don't know. Whatever. Uh, I I think uh, Spike Lee clearly is cribbing from this movie, like he's cribbing from Bye Bye Birdie for the opening of Do the mm. Right Thing, and and mm. and even the color palettes that Dickerson is using in that is very reminiscent of this. Um, and even the structure, Do the Right Thing, could easily be made into a musical like the way it's structured over london oh yeah mm-hmm. you know what i mean mm-hmm. yeah. um but i think the thing that spike lee has that this movie is lacking is spike lee has a point and yes. has <laughs> uh and has like a target that he is aiming his javelin at and he is mm-hmm. gonna hit that target and i think this movie is trying to kind of be about how different racial groups assimilate into americanness Yes, but isn't really about that, and it's kind of about how police treat teenagers that have bad home lives. It's not yeah. really about that, uh, so it's like it doesn't really have a target. So it's kind of moving back and forth the whole movie. You know what I mean? It, musicals as a whole are not very like pointed. I don't mm. think. I mean, I mean, maybe that's broad I mean, because I know that is. it's about I, I know America's that hair, great. Hairspray is about <laughs> hairspray is about consumerism and and um, you know, integration movement yeah. and yeah. Uh, but I, yeah, it's, so, it is so kind of scattershot. West Side Story is a bad example, probably. No, but I do think there's musicals that are that are about an idea. Like I think I think we. I mean, t- this is the Lin Manuel Miranda show. They have to appeal to a lot of people. They do, which but is like yes. the, the Broadway musical thing, they have to appeal to everybody. But the thing of, is, is like something like Hamilton is about the identity of America sure. and, and and tying yeah. that into revolution. You know what I mean? Sure. And and it's 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 attempting to go. 
You guys saw Ferguson? Ferguson just happened. That's how America was made. And that's the idea that is bending through Hamilton. I feel mm. like this doesn't have that. It doesn't have an idea. And Daniel and I talked about this, and we can talk about this a little bit more. It feels like the idea that they're most interested in is like the American dream. And is that a real thing? Yeah. But it doesn't ever have the teeth to go, yeah or no. <laughs> like it doesn't ever go like, yeah, it is, or no, it's not. Is, is posing the question enough? I mean, for that time period, there was a lot of people just posing that question. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, the, the production of this movie was kind of fraught because obviously you had Jerome Robbins who was handling mm -hmm. the choreography and the musicality elements and then Robert Wise was doing all of the story stuff. Mm. But apparently like the, the, the musical numbers got so backlogged through injuries and like... It's oh, I could see that. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Sure. Yeah, it, it was, like it was actually after 45 days of shooting, it was 24 days behind schedule and over wow. schedule. So they actually, they, the studio actually fired Robbins, but Robert Wise still wanted to credit him as the co-director, which is why his name is on it to this day. Oh, wow. But, um, yeah, apparently like just, I mean, they went through like, I saw something on, on IMDb about going through like 300 pairs of dancing shoes and like wow. i mean this was like really and you can imagine i mean like a lot of musicals back then you talked about sound of music it is this very sweeping thing it is basically yeah it has an intermission built into it so mm -hmm. like it is like putting on a show um uh but it's like instead of performing it maybe once or twice a day every day it's like we're doing it multiple times in a concentrated span of like three months or six months or whatever uh and so Obviously, it's it's probably a very exhausting process, um, but I think that uh, the choreography was pretty cool. Like Zach said, I agree. I think one of the things that um, just I, you know, Danny said it was corny, and I and I did kind mm. of also agree with that because like the the well, movie camp. opens camp yeah. is appealing, you know. Yeah, the movie opens with them with like establishing how much power the Jets have, right? They can kind of walk around the neighborhood and like everyone stops for them. But then, like, they start doing this, like, very dainty, like, ballet dancing. Mm -hmm. And I and I was like, that's kind of funny. Even though I understand that, like, it it does have a, a sort of operatic feel to it, right? And sometimes right. when you see combat on stage, it's not always actual combat, although this movie does have that. But sometimes they incorporate it into dance because mm -hmm. that's uh, uh, sometimes a more artistic way of expressing what's going on in, in an almost elemental kind of fashion, mm -hmm. right? Like, as if the sharks and the jets are just, like, they've always existed and they always will. They've been dueling as long as, I don't know, thunder and lightning. <laughs> so like um, that aspect of it is pretty cool, but I was definitely chuckling when they were like, you know, racing up on, on the leg. Yeah. 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 Um, well, I, go I, ahead, guys. I, I just had a question. I, I, do you guys think this, this works anymore? Like, I think, I mean like the no. musical itself, like I, I don't, do you think, cause it's been revived I don't, it's I don't been revived think the twice. Broadway, uh, way of doing it works. Well, here's the thing: it's been revived twice in the last decade. Once by with written translations by Lin Manuel Miranda, uh, and the newest one was a complete like gutting of the Broadway musical, and they completely like changed the casting. And now Spielberg's okay. doing the movie, and like I don't know if this story works anymore. Like I don't know if it, it has anything to yeah, give us. I, I heard that the most recent Broadway um, revival was not very good. I've heard it was bad. 
Yeah. Well, mm. you know, also, here's the thing. I mean, like, the thing about gangs, especially, is it's really hard, I feel like, to tap into the specific mentality they're going for with these mm -hmm. gangs. You know what I mean? Like, nowadays, I just don't think it's as easy to relate to just in terms of street life in general. Um, you know what I mean? Like, the, just the performative nature of these gangs and just, like, I don't know. It's kind of hard to explain. But, you know, I don't know. It just feels a little outdated in terms yeah. of, of or the, the mentality that... of i think zach what you're saying like the mentality of why someone would join a gang what's in it for them right. it, it's not yeah. interested in that it's just like these gang like i said these gangs exist and, and you know and, and obviously it's do. not gonna it's not gonna take the time to go into every individual jet's backstory yeah 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 but um but yeah it's 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 uh it definitely is a, a bit shallow in that regard i agree uh, uh with y'all um we uh, Danielle, I, I think you you've been made familiar with how we rate the second movie. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Cool. Just want to make sure. Unless you have anything else to to kind of to say. Uh, oh yeah, I was, can, just, can rate. I was just gonna say on on the question Wes brought up. I think that also like we just don't deal with the preoccupations that this film has in the same mm. way anymore. The preoccupation and anxiety around miscegenation. We don't uh, you don't see it on TV and film in this like the way that they wrote it here. Right, you see it in other expressions, right? Yeah. You yeah, change yeah. the way that we talk about, you know, desires for whiteness, like in the Heights. You know what I mean? Like, I think that in the American dream, I think we've kind of shifted our language around that. I'm not saying that it doesn't exist anymore. It's just that right. we don't talk about it like that anymore. Right. Mm -hmm. We talk, you know, these pieces of media just speak about it differently. Some of it is more, you know, like under and as a word as this piece so i think that that's why primarily why it doesn't work i think that like thematically it's things that we're still talking about and still and we're mm -hmm. still discussing and that it's a preoccupation that shows up in film again and again but like we're just not talking about it in the same way the conversation has evolved right. yes yes mm -hmm. yeah. yeah which is why which is why it's like why why would you make a remake that's set in the 50s like that that doesn't make any sense to me in 20 like what 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 does what is the merit of doing that when you can easily either make a new musical or because the only thing i can think of is it's nostalgia it's a nostalgia yeah, product for for spielberg for him to be able to remake oh go ahead i i really think that they like i think there's I think there's a reason why people like discussing these topics in the past, and it's to make them seem antiquated. Yeah, of course. It, it's it's the driving right. Miss Daisy, the driving right, Miss Daisy right. effect. Like, this is, this is Racism old. is a thing of the past. Exactly. Yeah. So, like, to put it into that bubble of like its time period of when it came to life, even though the issues that exist in it still exist today, mm -hmm. right, allows us to escape into this world in which racism still yeah. exists and. Uh, maintain that we live in a post-racial or um, multi-racial melting pot fantasy. Mm -hmm. So we yes, can do I both at the same time and say, oh, racism is bad. But I'm so glad that, um, to, you know, a white boy thing, yeah. and yeah. A, a white Latina from Puerto Rico can get together. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and also that that at that speech she has at the end, which made me want to tear every follicle of hair out of my head, the... <laughs> Where she was like, you killed him, you killed him, you killed him, which works when it's to Shakespeare, when it's literally two equally matched yeah. houses. Right. Like, yes, they they because the, the, the point of the play is that the adults kill their children without knowing it. Yeah. That makes sense. But 
it's suggesting that the white people and the Puerto Ricans are on equal footing, which is not the not case. <laughs> which is not the case. You know the what Jets, I mean? And, the Jets are way more stacked. Like from the yeah. opening number, there's more of them than there are of the. Mm-hmm. Yeah, of the, they've been uh, there longer. Yeah. So it, it, it's 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 a message that doesn't even tr- tr- translate. Like you right. would have to change the guts of the the yeah. play to adapt it in a way that makes sense. And at that point, just give a Latinx oh, writer five million dollars and let them do a musical. Like why why are you? Yeah, you know, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, Wes, go ahead and rate it. So you start us off with the rating <laughs> if you have yours. Uh, yeah, yeah. Let me let me just pull up these. I know what mine is. If you need time. No, no, I, I'll, uh, I'm going to go. Wait, let's wait for the siren to pass. I was about to say. It's doing the most. I'm just going to go ahead it's and embalm mind. it. Yeah. I'm going to embalm it. I, here's the thing. It's a very pretty movie. Um, we didn't even talk about really the blackface. We could have gone in on the blackface. Mm-hmm. The blackface is what it is. <laughs> um, <laughs> but it, it's blackface. Uh, the movie doesn't hold up. I don't think, I think there's a lot of really great choreography. There's a lot of great pretty moments but i don't think even the acting holds up like even the structure doesn't hold up like maria is is a in the back seat for 90 percent of the movie and then we're expected to believe that she has gotten agency after her boyfriend died like i don't i don't buy it you know what i mean so i embalm it boom since we're in the same uh box on the screen here i'm also gonna (laughs) embalm it that's um upper right corner uh what is that Solidarity. Solidarity. Yeah, there we yeah, go. Yeah. So, solidarity in this uh, Zoom box. Yeah, um, gorgeous movie. And that's the only reason it's not like a barrier is because the movie is very good looking. It looks really good. Uh, I'm fucking sick of this shit. <laughs> Sorry. Like, I'm sick of West Side Story. I'm sick of fucking hearing the music and, and them, they keep trying to bring it back. And it's like, I was over this when I was like nine. And mm. I just don't want to fucking give it any more of my time. That's yeah. fair. Wow. Sorry. Uh, Zach, you want to go first? Uh, no, if you want to go, you can go. I'm going to bury it. Uh, actually, it's a burial for me because I think that while it does look good, there are other movies with Technicolor. And, Damn. Uh, and so, like, I, I just... I know that's right. Because, <laughs> of, the, <laughs> because of the story and, and, and the music not really hitting me, um, I, I'm definitely not... In, I'm not motivated to go see this uh, this remake, especially now that you know what Dan Danielle and Danny and Wes have kind of unpacked as far as like it's supposed to be like you're not updating it when you have the opportunity to do so, and so now you're just you know you're capturing the nostalgia and everything. I don't have that personal connection, so yeah, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna bury it. That's yeah. me, Zach. Uh, I think. Oh God, I've been wrestling with this. I think I'm gonna embalm it, and I think the two things that save it are just the opening because i i Mm. think the opening is genuinely really great the choreography the way that they translate like combat and stuff into dance is beautiful and also uh chico's aim when he shoots tony is amazing (laughs) that was like sniper level aim to shoot him right before (laughs) he embraces um maria so uh, that's like a through like a chain link (laughs) and the bullet doesn't go through her the bullet doesn't go through her it goes through him and that's it stops in his perfect uh, spine i think he's a mutant so yeah so i think he needs to be recruited and i think he saved the movie (laughs) and uh and embalmed it for me so that's my (laughs) cool and and danielle I think um, bury it. I just think R.I.P. Damn. Um, I there's just I don't think there's much to 
to save here um or like keep around i just feel like some of these old movies that like if it's gonna be remade now like in a decade they're gonna remake it again and i just don't want to see that anymore like i think it'd be to that's it it. let it lay where it was yeah yeah Yeah. because i think that no no one's ever going to handle it well also like Mm. it's just not like it's not going to be too much written to be well yeah Yeah. the foundation it's Mm -hmm. cracked yep shaky um (laughs) when blackface is the foundation yeah that's yeah, that's yeah, gonna happen, yeah. yeah. Uh, well, Danielle, we thank you so much for hanging thank out and, and doing this episode. Thank you, yeah, thank, thank you for being we, here. We have our uh, we have our next week um, pick, which is gonna yeah. be Zola. It was between that and Forever hey. Birds, but we're not doing Forever Birds <laughs> on the show. Uh, and my pick for that week is gonna be, you know, uh, I wanted to do my favorite movies. I wanted to start my picks with like some of my favorites, so I had a, like a back catalog of stuff planned, but like. Now I want to do this movie I saw this past week at IFC that's out right now and bring some attention to it because I really liked it. It's Mm. called uh, Censor, and it is about a movie censor for the MPAA in the 1980s who is watching Video Nasties, which is what the moral majority called horror movies that were banned. So stuff like The Evil Dead and Texas Chainsaw Massacre, Pieces, Driller Killer, all that stuff, like schlocky horror movies. And they're cutting these movies down and... um, it's kind of like a character study about her and like mm. how they're affecting her psyche and, and oh, you know other oh. stuff that I don't want to I don't want to get into. It's a really cool movie. So we're getting a two period pieces. Very very cool movie. Cool. Is Zola um, a period piece? Yeah, it's, I think it's two, Danielle. It's two thousand twelve, right? That is yeah, a period piece. I was in piece. high school when it dropped. <laughs> it is when a period piece. I've, I've been meaning to, yeah. to read the, the Twitter thread. Don't don't read it. Before don't read you, it. Don't watch it. Don't read it before you watch. Isn't it, it really funny though? Yeah, it but it'll, it'll, it'll disappoint you. It'll it'll disappoint you because they cut. They cut stuff out. Uh, they cut. They cut some entries in the also, thread. Also, there's, there's nothing like experiencing it live. So I guess the mm. closest thing to experiencing it live would be the movie. Yeah. Okay, great. Understood. Understood. Have you seen it, Danielle? Yes, I, I saw it. And it's dance. you like it. It's good. I okay, like I'm it. excited. I'm excited because I've only heard good things, so now it's, I'm really it's excited. Good. It's Looking good. Forward to it's Zola. good. Um, well, in that case, that's going to do it for this episode. We thank you and Danielle graciously for paying us a visit in our humble mortuary. If you like what you heard, check out our back catalog on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, YouTube, and the Podbean app. Danielle, do you want to plug your socials? Where you uh, where you at? Where can we find you? I mean, I guess you can find me on Twitter, um, mm-hmm. at sign, fat, B-L-K, babe, um, where I sometimes speak my controversial opinions. Yeah, Great. Danielle's very funny on Twitter, so follow her. Also, follow us on social media, Media Morgue, and consider supporting us on Patreon, please. please. But until next time, money. Wayward Movie money. Watchers, we thank you again. Love you very much. Oh, Stop watching movies. Stop. <laughs> See Censor at IFC. Support the Independent Film Center. Absolutely. Especially after the pandemic. Yes. Deuces, y'all. Later. Later.